This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hey, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. So this is our roundup of 2022. This is our review show where we're going to look back over the year and we're going to be discussing our top five worst films, our top 10 uh, shorts and our top 10 features for the year. So these lists are confined to the films that we've actually reviewed on this show. So they don't include any films which went to the cinema or anything like that. Um, these are the films, just looking back over the year, that we've actually covered on the DTV Digest. So the process tonight is going to be that we will do the usual round robin. Um, so Steve, myself and Rich will say uh, whatever our, um, say for number 10, what our top 10, our 10th pick is. Um, if anyone's got the same, uh, then they will say punt. And we will stop talking about that film and move on to the next one until that film appears at its lowest position on the chart. I think that's right, isn't it, guys? Yep. 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 Good, good, good. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so without further ado, let's crack on. So let's kick off with our worst films of the year. Now, I have to say, guys, um, I... You know, looking at this list critically, we covered 166, maybe 167, that's in contention at the moment, um, films over the course of the year, which is, a, you know, a heck of a lot. Uh, 72 shorts in total that we, we, we've looked at. And I didn't, uh, you know, critically, I struggled to come up with five films. Maybe oh, six. Yeah, I didn't either. Really? <laughs> especially oh, yeah. those, t- especially the top three. I tell you. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, there are some which did stand out, if you know, for the wrong reasons. But um, you know, a lot of them, I think, I was giving fives or sixes. Um, you know, they, they they were sort of mediocre, but not exactly terrible as such. So, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll see what um, you got. You guys think. Um, so let's kick off. Uh, Steve, what is your number five worst film of 2022? It is Exorcist Vengeance. The uh, Robert Bronzy Stara. I can't argue with that, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not on my list, but I, I know where you're coming from with that one. It's a fun, Certainly. you know, the, the concept is good. I love the mashup of Let's Take the Exorcist and combine it with Death what? Wish, basically. Um, I think and Midsummer Murders. <laughs> Midsummer Murders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. You know, it's made on a on made on a shoestring kind of budget, so they couldn't sort of deliver on uh, perhaps some of the expectations. So I don't know. I quite enjoyed it. I know that. Yeah, I think um, what was what was some of the key issues that you had with it, Steve? Uh, the acting, the script. The acting, yeah. The, the actual well like you say the budget was yeah. wasn't there for any of it really I mean 
even now I've got the IMDB up and there's a little bit of a trailer running, you know, and the supposed spirit going from one body to the other, it's, it was done better in the 70s, you know what I mean? It, it was just, no, I, I, I absolutely detested it. If, if I hadn't been watching it for this, I would have turned it off without a doubt. <laughs> first five minutes. I mean, first five minutes where he's, you know, a priest walking down the street pulls out a gun and shoots someone. Yeah, it's a massive gun. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, yeah, that yeah. the thing that that's the thing though is that is the the concept. It's like a it's like a one joke film. I mean, it's not a joke because it's not a comedy, but it's a one joke movie. It's a one gimmick thing. It's yeah. what if. What if the um, uh, Charles Bronson character, typical Charles Bronson, the Paul Kersey or whatever character, yeah. was that instead of he's not an architect, he's a priest, and you know that hilarity ensues kind of thing, and they they take it quite they take it very seriously. They the the, the novelty sort of runs out quite quickly, and I guess yeah. the rest of the film just can't really sort of sustain sustain itself as well. But I I do like that central idea, that central novelty. Um, so I enjoyed it for that, but yeah, it, it it never really sort of meets, you know, fulfills its promise. Unfortunately, which is the case of a lot of a lot of these kind of movies, they that they have that sort of central seed of of something that's got you know a real novelty value that could potentially you know bloom into something really good, but they just oh, they just they just can't get it over the line. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that's what kept it out of my bottom five as well. Is is that sort of novelty factor? But there you go. Um, okay, so my number five is the Bazonians. Yeah, I didn't like so, it. So, this is the sort of uh, one set in North London, uh, sort of, I think it was a Greek sort of yeah. social club, sort of these sort of crime club sort of thing. Um, one of the big going... problems with it is that the, the disabled character or the mentally disabled character. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, that's just, right. Yeah, yeah. Just really. Yeah. Ill, ill judged and stuff. Um, mm, that's that was exactly one of the right. things, I, and also the fact that it, you know, the, the poster highlights Vinnie Jones, but he's actually barely, he's in it, he barely he's in it for two scenes, two yeah, scenes basically. Yeah. And the, the, he's he's good in it as well, you know. He he actually does enliven it, but overall, this was it's just banal. It just um, yeah, a bunch of unlikable characters, you know, or as you say, ill judged characters. Um, who just do not get your sort of sympathy in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it, was, it was just a waste, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I've I've enjoyed because um, it's one of um, the Saints and Savages. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, films, isn't it? And I have been inter- interested in what um, Savage the Michael. Yeah, Savage has, has produced before this, um, but I don't know. There's just something. They never again. There's there's potential there, but I think in the case of these ones, it's more there's some just sort of say ill-judged or mm. offensive elements. Uh, yes. I think there's a, a little, little bit misogynistic and stuff at times. Yes, that's and, right. Because if you remember, I think it was um, I, I think I think it was Red Devil, uh, the one where it yeah, was yeah. like this assassin sort of going to this island, and, and there was this really weird sort of anti-woke sort of misogynist streak to some of the dialogue you know there was that oh, thing well, with the, was with that the righteous or something righteous um something right righteous there. villains righteous villains i think that might be it. yeah yeah yes you're right yeah, yeah. but yeah he, he does sort of throw in this sort of weird stuff and, and you think well is he trying to be 
edgy with it, or is it is this sort of like coming from another place? Who knows? Mm -hmm. But yeah, this one it wasn't as interesting as some of his, you know, his previous work was flawed, but interesting. Um, this one was just flawed. So, Rich, what is your number five? Uh, mine is The Next Girl, or originally Girl Next. Points. Um, okay, so Steve, your number four. My number four was Anonymous Animals. <laughs> ah, now I didn't watch this one. I think I dodged a bullet here. Oh yes, you dodged a bullet, big style. Yeah, it was it's, just it's it's a vegan propaganda film with no dialogue. It goes on for just over an hour, and was just boring and as hell. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> It, it took a while to, re to for me to understand what was actually going on, mm. you know, to, see, to actually understand what the, the, the premise of the film actually was, you yeah. know, that, that the, uh, you know, the, yeah, humans were now the, the humans were now the prey and the cattle and, yeah, you know, the, the wildlife was taken over. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it might have worked as a short, you know, but to drag yeah. it out that long, uh, it was just—it was tedious. It really was. Couldn't. I mean, the, the creature effects are quite good, you know. Mm. But no, not 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 for me whatsoever. Interesting. Um, okay, so my number four is the twin. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mainly because it was just so dull. It really was, you know, it, it, it did nothing for me at all. Um, and, and then, you know, the, the actual sort of reveal of what was going on, I was like, what? Was... Oh, yeah. Well, this, the, I didn't like the twist. I thought that was just yeah. not really... That ruined it a little. That ruined it a bit for me, but I, I thought mm. the rest of the film was fine. Personally, I, I didn't. Mm. I didn't mind it at all. I, I thought it was. Fine it, I didn't. You know, I don't hate it or anything, but I, I just felt like my time was wasted watching it. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. And then, you know, and that's quite rare for me. You know, because it is that sort of Nordic noir kind of setting. I think it's set in Finland. I think. Yeah, that was quite. That was one of the interesting yeah. things about it was that it had yeah. that sort of feeling. Although they didn't, I didn't think they made much. It was of all it in English. Yeah, it was all in English, and apart from a little bit of local sort of quirk, uh, yeah. um, it's like the wedding uh, sort of um, the wedding. Oh, the it? swing, the wedding swing yeah, scenes, swing, stuff, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. which was quite notable. But yeah, apart from that, it was, it's, it just, it was just like, oh, we were able to film here because we got the financing or something, yeah. and that was, yeah. that was about it. But. Um, could have been could have been in literally anywhere yeah but. well you know you guys know my feelings about kids in horror movies anyway so you know mm. it, was, it was it was on a losing streak already <laughs> um but yeah it, it just felt that it was trying to be too clever for its own good it's like mm, see mm, interesting twist huh it's like oh it doesn't make any sense no and um, then that supernatural tinge to it that just went nowhere Yes, exactly. You know, yeah, you just, it was a bit of a waste, to Yeah. So the only, only thing that sort of stood in my mind about this film is that how much I didn't like it, which is why it's on my list. Um, 
So, Rich, what is your number four? Well, talking of films that are trying to be too clever for their own good, or in this case, perhaps too oblique for their own good, it's the Serbian film The Pond. Oh, oh God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which which was the one uh, the poster has the one of the characters in the in the movie uh, it has basically a tree trunk on his head, so that that is kind of the the image of of the poster. Oh, is this the one where the where the where they're staying in a caravan? Caravan park, park. Oh, yeah, or oh, caravans yeah. in a sort of a land sort of a a landscape, and he's working on a thing, and then he's talking to his professor on the phone, and he goes and walks out a window while they're on a video call or or something. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. Like that. um, and the kids are sort of wild and running around. Yeah, I did, kids again. Arty, yep. arty horror kind of mm-hmm. thing. Just did. Mm. I, I, it was a real struggle uh, for watching. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't remember much about it beyond those sort of features. Really, I didn't, didn't like. I think. It I think yeah. that's. I think that's kind of it. You know, I said earlier that you know I, could, I was struggling to come up with five, and I think that's part of the issue is that some of these are so forgettable. <laughs> You know, they just like they just slip through your, your mind and go. Eh. But yeah, now you remind me. It's like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> okay, number three for Steve. What do you got? My number three is the first Bruce Willis film of the night. Uh, corrective measures. Corrective measures. Which is weird because I think that's actually one of the better ones. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't stand it. That was. Is that the one set like, in the barn? No, on the, no, it's the one in the prison. The one in the prison where they oh, got, like, yeah, 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 yeah. superpowers and stuff. That's right. And it was just like, no. It, you didn't like it, that? It, no, I hated it. Absolutely hated it. Because he just started off with... It, it was just in a car park, weren't it? And then all these people turn up to kill this guy, but he's got superpowers. And it just kind of came out of nowhere and didn't... didn't it didn't work that all these you know superpowered were in prison and then you've got Bruce Willis trying to did he take over Michael Rooker's body or something in the end of it? I think yeah. so, yeah. 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 Out, yeah. yeah. And it was just badly shot, but the effects were terrible. The performances weren't much better and the script was an absolute mess. And I, no, I couldn't I knew that it was going to be in the top five as soon as I watched it. I just <laughs> couldn't get on with it. Absolutely terrible. I, I I reckon that's on your list because our, there's, there's a couple of hours which I know, or a couple of mine, that I know you won't have on your list because I don't think you got to see them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, might, that might have pushed, pushed it out, but there you go. So um, my number three, and I'm almost expecting a punt here, is zeros and ones punt? Yeah, I thought so. So, Steve, I just, uh, sorry, I dodged, uh, Rich, I dodged a bullet on that one. You did dodge a bullet on that one. Yeah. Um, okay, so, Rich, what is your number three? Mine is uh, a film, a sci fi film with Ryan Quanson. Had high hopes for it. Oh, it's God, called Expired. Yeah. Expired. Originally, it was called Loveland. Mm. And I think I understand why they changed the title and more so uh, the fact that, I mean, the fact that it was, um, well, it, it's made by Ivan Sten, who 
we we covered a film of his called Goldstone, which was really good. I mean, he's, very a, he's good, quite yeah. a fated uh, yeah. indie sort of director, and he's just gone too too indie on this. I mean, and and it just feels like a Blade Runner knockoff as well. So it's a really weird one. That one that is weird that he made it, and um, two is you know it's just the the way it, the sort again sort of arty farty, you know sort of yeah. pretentious way it's been prepared. It's like, it's like he's breaking. He's, he seems like he's doing something clever and breaking new ground as sort of in an art film, but he's not. He's doing something that a million people have already copied. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one thing is it's got Hugo Weaving in it, which I know. Uh, I think Steve, you p- weren't fond on of his performance. No, I didn't like it. I didn't, no, see, yeah. I, I, lo- I thought he was one of the highlights. Yeah. So he was probably mm. the only thing I was interested in in the movie was when when he had his <laughs> scenes. It's just terrible. Yeah. I, I remember when I remember when you watched this because you were cursing that you actually that you know you felt called, compelled to finish watching it, and uh, as a result, you you had to sort of put another film to the side. Yeah. Which, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very sad. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty awful. It was, you know, borderline narcoleptic, isn't it? That one. It's yeah, just... I mean, it's shot, shot well. Obviously, yeah. good cast, shot well. Yeah. Looks quite interesting because it, it was shot in Hong Kong, I believe. Mm. Uh, although, yeah. it's all, although it's in English and stuff in it, but it's it's got this weird mishmash of stuff. It could have worked um, as a as an upfront Blade Runner knockoff, but what they've done mm. is they've just tried to, yeah, just I don't know. It's just sluggish, you know, and yeah. I, you know, just dull, and what. Why? I don't know. I mean, Goldstone is such a vibrant movie. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I keep signaling that one because that one, that's the one we covered. And two, yeah. uh, to be honest, I haven't seen uh, the other ones that he's made, but the, uh, uh, Mystery Road, I believe, is very good as well. But the, um, and Ryan Quanson, you know, I've enjoyed. Yeah, you know, exactly. He's, he's, very good. He's, yeah. he's awful in this. He's, <laughs> it's like he's just stoned the whole way through. He, there's no, <laughs> But no, I mean, there's nothing to the performance. It, it's weird. It really is. And yeah, I, I it was off, I admit. But yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. that was kind of the point. Maybe, maybe they sort of said, you know, we want you to be, you know, almost like Sean Young in um, Blade Runner. So mm-hmm. you, we want a sort of an artificial yeah. performance. Just uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a piece of crap. We know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so. Uh, Steve, your number two. My number two is the serpent. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, mean, I cannot, I can't argue with that. That is terrible, but it's almost, yeah. it's almost good, bad, not yeah, quite, but it, all, it, all, it, all, it, I mean, I keep, I was thinking about going back and watching it because it's just got these crazy, stupid scenes. Mm. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It doesn't make some of it just doesn't make any sense. It's a bad. Um, sorry, Steve. Um, you you explain about why you don't like it, and then I'll interject with, with a few points. Yeah, it's very what you said. It's terrible. It's it, it's all over the place. It makes no sense. I mean, the direction's terrible. The acting's terrible. I mean, I mean, fair enough. What she called it, Gia Scova. Yeah, I mean, because it's this is a sort of a vanity project for her. Yeah. She's sort of directing. She's written, directed, Writing, and starred a, a vehicle, an action vehicle for herself. She's got no action background. She's a model or acting background to be fair, or, or much yeah. of an acting background. No, so it's a really, it's really odd that she managed to get the funding for it to be able to have mm. such control. I mean, and you, I mean, you'd look at something like Anna, with mm. with um, which um, 
the Sasha Lush so film Luke, with yeah, uh, Luke, which Besson. Luke Besson did, yeah, which I didn't like either. I didn't like that for mm. different reasons, but that was you know established you know filmmaker with clout put going. Yeah. I want to put this model in the lead in my movie, and getting then getting good people to work with, you know, good stunt people and all that to mm. do that kind of thing. This one, they've literally just. I don't know if she. I don't know if it was self-funded or something, but she. You know, how do you get? How do you manage to I, swing I that? I mean, and it just. Yeah, it's just nonsensical. <laughs> just, I, I really want to see it again now because I, just, <laughs> I can't believe that it even exists. Yeah. <laughs> and Rich, your number two. My number two is Narco Sub, which again was pretty tedious and incomprehensible. Uh, it's kind of a... Sorry, I lost you then. Did you say Narco Sub? Narco Sub, yeah, with, yeah. which had featured yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Sizemore, I think. I just realised I skipped myself on this one, but funny enough, I also picked Narco Sub as my number two. Oh, <laughs> oh well, Mike, you, uh, you step in now, please, and uh, <laughs> tell me what you didn't like about Narco Oh, my God, everything. Every... Oh, this this was painful to watch. It really was. It, it made no sense at all. Um, the whole thing with the submarine was absolutely ridiculous. Um, uh, uh, the submarine's barely in it, isn't it? That's, like, that's, yeah. like, that's like a bit like Submerged, the Stephen Seagal movie. They kind of wasn't, did, wasn't, um... wasn't Tom Sizemore in this for a little bit as well? Yeah, I think yeah, Tom yeah. Sizemore yeah. and Robert Lozardo, they, they pop that's up. It. There's some there's some action. There is some action uh, and stuff going on. It's, a, mm. it's kind of a... This... It's ostensibly sort of an action thriller. Uh, the, 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 I was, when rescue, I was watching this... Rescue yeah. family. When I, when I was watching this, it did. It's, my mind started wandering, and I, I did sort of wonder about the whole thing at the end. You know, he, he sort of infiltrates into this um, cartel's compound, hmm. and he got yeah. all these all these guards stood around, and I'm thinking, what is the appeal for these people to work for this cartel? You know, hmm. are they there? Are they on call twenty four hours? You know, is it twenty? You know, are they on shifts? How, how does it work? How do they get paid? You know, <laughs> and I sort of want to actually want to write a, um, a short film, you know, kind of like The Office, but it's the HR department of a cartel. <laughs> you know, yeah. just just sort of dealing with, uh, you know, or, or having to sort out the shift changes and all that sort of crap. But anyway, yeah, no, it's um, it is one of the worst films I've seen this year. It really was. Bad. Rich, over to you, mate. Put the, uh, put the nail in the I, coffin. Uh, I haven't really got more. To, I mean, it's it just there wasn't. There's not much more you can say. I mean, it it seemed to have all the bits going for it, and the and the pieces are just not put together correctly. It's just mm. everything's assembled quite shoddily. So and, you just couldn't really. It... I don't remember what was actually going on. I couldn't really figure it out. And then you you're going and mm. spending time with characters that. You're not really, it, 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 yeah. It's not really working. But the, the, I think the lead wasn't strong enough no. um, to but, carry but the a movie bit, as well. There's a bit where Tom Sizemore's been interviewed by like a film crew. Oh yeah, or, yeah. and he sort of says that. And the next scene, he he's been interrogated by some cartel guys, and it's like, well, what? How? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. All, all, it's a lot of stuff like that. And then at the end, it sort of goes. Oh yeah, then he, you know, he infiltrated this thing, killed killed the drug lord, and just took over his job. It's like, yeah, what? <laughs> what? How, how does that work? 
Yeah, I think it's, very, very it's it, I mean, the cover was likening it to stuff like Sicario and that, I think. Mm. And I think mm. there's, it's a film that's trying to make some kind of statement yeah. about corruption and, mm. uh, you know, the war, the war on terror and, and, uh, as, as it, as it's sort of the current manifestation of, of that kind of war mm. on terror. The, um, the, the director, Sean Welling, um, he managed to get like Lee, uh, Lee Majors in the movie as well. And, oh yeah, yes, and actually, that's the, right. they've done another film together um, called um, "The Great American Action Hero," which which is a pretty pretty bold um, claim. It's about a couple of guys um, trying um, to make uh, an action movie. All right. uh, unless unless Lee Majors is playing Colt Seaver's the greatest stuntman, then uh-huh. uh, it, it needs to, you know, not worth watching. No, <laughs> okay. I don't think so, he's got much of a role in it. He is in it. I mean, but I, I'm curious to see it. But based on the evidence of this film, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to be pretty mm. bad. He's actually got quite an extensive filmography, so he keeps making stuff. But well, good, good on him. In, this, but, yeah, in the case of this one, better. it's just yeah, yeah, it was just all over the place. I mean, the action, the action movie rescue take any part mm. should have been what they focused on, and having all this weird sort of. Um, uh, industrial I don't know what's it the industrial complexy kind of mm. stuff that, that's going on and, and the, the shifty uh, Tom Sizemore representing the sort of shifty politician and, and all, all that sort of stuff was they've 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 tried to add all these garnishes and stuff and they just yeah I didn't like it left a bad taste in the mouth really very much so okay I think I know what everyone's number one is so Steve over to you well my number one is Rich's number five it was Girl Next. <laughs> Absolute mess of a film. Absolutely. I had no idea what was going on. And because I mean, when it, you know, you get the link and everything, have a quick look, mm. and I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be quite a dark, deep, trafficking drama. Mm. No, it's just batshit insane. Um, girls being kidnapped and trained to be like basically living dolls. Yep. That's but right. Then the wife of the doctor starts getting jealous and then starts. I think it was right. a sister. It was a sister, wasn't it? I think that he was having yeah. an with. Yeah, but he was still yeah, he was still banging her, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. <clears throat> but if I remember rightly, she was transgender as well. And had a penis. Oh, so Poss- yes, she was. Yes, yes, yeah. that's correct. So it was just, yeah. I don't, I mean, it was just bizarre. It really was bizarre. It was bizarre and it was a mess, but I liked it. Oh, no. There's whole secret. I remember those whole sequences in this, which were like, re- you know, really weird dream sequences and stuff. And I thought they were just done really, really well. Um, I know it was just weird. Yeah. There was this weird oh. sort of like code co- <clears> at the end. Um, which suggested that she was a plant by mm. the higher ups um, as well. It, it was weird. It was, it was weird. I, I'll grant you that. It's very weird, um, and I can yeah. see it was very sort. It was a very much a Marmite film. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Steve, I'm gonna sorry, uh, Rich. I'm gonna jump over to you for yours. Yeah. I know what yours is. Okay. Could, um, yeah. I, do you want me to? Shall I yeah, say anything on go next? Um, the, yeah, yeah, no. The um, I thought it was shot well, and you know, it's quite artfully composed. Some of it, but it is kind of a a film that sort of revels in a certain mis- misogyny to an extent, mm. and 
bit like another film we talked about, Wolf Mother, that comes to mind. But the yeah, the, there was just it, it was also trying to be too. It was it was very self consciously grotesque mm. in a lot of it, which which I think was sort of, again was one of the things I didn't like too much about it. But um, yeah, so that's that's the only bit I uh, the thing I wanted to add to uh, to that particular uh, comment. Mm-hmm. So, Rich, what is your number one? My number one is Zeros and Ones. Uh, <laughs> Just the Abel, Abel Ferrara's Ferrara. film, yeah, yeah. with uh, yeah. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, this is my number three. Um, what a fun film this was. This is the very <laughs> definition of a, a film that's just got nothing going for it at all, really. I mean, okay, yes, you have got a major, you know, a major sort of mid-level movie star, um, Ethan Hawke, mm-hmm. but he's just, it, he even he doesn't know what the film is that he's making. There's no. clips. They make, the movie is about an hour and 10 yeah. minutes long, and 10 minutes of that is bookended yeah. with Ethan Hawke sort of going, yeah, I was making this crazy film with, with Abel Ferrara and whatever, and then coming back and going, well, you've just seen the movie, and I've just seen the movie, and Wow, he doesn't I seem to understand. And he's like, <laughs> tr- he seems like he's trying to justify it to himself. To backtrack, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got I got to see Prague for a bit or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's all shot on location, but it's got it's a very like shot on digital video-ish kind of yeah. movie. Um uh right, you know, flying fly, fly I don't think it had a script. I think they were kind of flying by the seat of their pants. It was and improvising. It was very and, avant-garde. Yeah, yeah like a uh, uh, what's, what's his name? Um, Jean-Luc Godard. Lars von Trier. The, oh, what's Lars the dogma manifesto-ish kind of mm. thing, almost. I think it was uh, a bit more interesting than of... their stuff. That, that stuff is just so banal. <laughs> I hate it. No, this, um, I don't think it's a worse... I mean, sorry, these top three for me mm-hmm. uh, are, are, are like the worst, but this one it just takes the cake. I think it's one of I, I, I think it's probably one of the worst films I've ever seen. I, I think that I think there's this. If I ever think if I'm if people are ever asking me about bad films, I think this has kind of jumped mm. up the list. I mean, I used to say stuff like Police Academy Six, but mm. not Six Seven. Police Academy Mission to Moscow, mm. but that was before I became more aware of the wider, you know, uh, what, the, the wider the, scope um, of film. So the yeah. you know production values and all sorts diamond and, cartel you know. and all that sort of stuff oh yeah but even those have sort of they're terrible they're, but they yeah. have some redeeming feet code of cane and stuff like that they're bad films with redeeming features they, yeah, they're yeah. quite insane this this you can't watch this and have a have a move have a fun you know bad movie night kind of thing you it's just tedious and mm. yeah it's terrible it is don't buy it i mean the uh, oh. don't rent it you know don't oh. don't spend your time the poster looked good i mean the good you, you may well done to the to the marketing team they'd actually yeah. made it look like something you'd want to see yeah but it's not you, that movie i i have seen this film in people's top fives no yeah. way yeah what? No. People have they not watched this. anything this year <laughs> or, or last year <laughs> so, I should some, say. some people like it there you go now, oh I, I agree that Zeros and Ones is one of the worst films of the year, but I shall raise you with Fortress Sniper's Eye. No, Fortress Sniper's Eye is absolutely <clears throat> fine compared to this. Compared no. to, but that, that's, that's fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm not against the Fortress shout. Fortress Sniper's Eye is barely a film. 
it is barely even a retread. I mean, it is literally a retread of the first film, yeah. in so much there's 20, <laughs> at least 20 minutes of footage from the first film in it as, as flashbacks. It's not just like oh, a flashback to a scene. It's like, let's, no, no, we're going to show the whole scene. Yeah, yeah. You know, I saw yeah. a worse version of that recently. I watched, <clears throat> I rewatched, over Christmas, I rewatched Silent Night. I, I rewatched, I watched for the first time Silent mm. Night, Deadly Night and its sequel. Right. And the sequel is literally half of the, half of the footage from the first movie. Jesus, as as the first half of the second, I was I, I was double billing, <laughs> and it was literally like an abridged version. It was like the whole scene, you know. It was like, and yes, Fortress Sniper's Eye does that um, in a way that is very, uh, you know. Aside from that example, I can't think of another movie that's done it to that extent of of showing that much footage. Um, I... They've really, they've really sort of tried to. Yeah, had the no, running I, I, time. I really did not enjoy that experience at all. They even brought, they brought back the same villain. He was still monologuing. It was dreadful. It really yeah, it's was another film for it's uh, from the uh, yeah, the friends, Emma, the Randall yeah. Emmett Club yeah. sort of thing, and you know all the all the sort of key players are there. Uh, John, yeah. was it um, uh, Chan Michael Murray? He's the yeah. villain, isn't he? Yeah. but his. If I recall correctly, his like motivations and everything from the first film were basically completely ignored, and then he's got like different. And then it's got that weird. I think it's not, it's not the one that's got that weird ending, where the mm. where they were all gathered around in a on a sofa or something, and then the police that that somebody walks outside and there's police coming. Or is that the first one? I can't remember. Something, like, something like that. Yeah, the police finally turn up just right at the end or something. And there's um. Oh yeah, what uh, did we get? Hang on. Well, who else is in that movie? Oh, so we got Bruce Willis, obviously. Um, Jan- uh, Jesse Metcalf. Jesse Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Um, it, oh, that was the thing. Yeah, because they had all these characters in the first one, and then in the yeah. second one, they go, "Oh, here's my daughter who's just arrived." Yeah. <laughs> they really pad the cast because obviously they yep. can't spend much time with Bruce Willis. They, this is another one of those things where oh, we've got to, we've got to have characters for the camera to look at for for for, for half the right and you know for them to have conversations because we can't afford to do any action mm. so it, they do that kind of asylum thing but the um yeah there's like two or three characters who like fly in for the yeah. for the for the drama basically basically yeah his his wife or something turns up um yeah michael Ciro. I think remains the best thing in the film, and again, you know, he's he's off doing his own little adventure. Basically, yeah. <laughs> everyone else is, you know, he he's in a proper sort of um, action movie. Everyone else is in this stupid thing about Bitcoin or something. It, it, you know, it, oh, yeah, kind of yeah. I think they did the Bitcoin stuff a lot in the first, first one, one, and then in the yeah. second yeah. one they moved on. And it was originally supposed to be a trilogy, but I think they dropped the third film. God. Not that it's yeah. not that there's much linking the films together. To be honest, no. it's um, it is a bit weird like, how they bring all bring basically people back and say, oh, actually they didn't die or anything at the first. Mm. But, well, exactly. Uh, no, it's it is the worst. It, it really left a bad taste in the mouth, and you know, it's the sort of thing people think of when they when you when you you know the people on the street hear DTV. That's mm. the sort of thing they're going to think of. It's like, mm. oh god, no. So there we go. That is our roundup of the worst films of 2022. Okay, it's on to the shorts. So this is our top 10 
short films of the year out of a list of uh, 72. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> pretty decent. Yeah, it covered quite a lot. Tough because uh, in this case, in the case of these, they basically had selected because they were good to one degree or another in the first place. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I, th- I think with it, with this particular list, you know, um, although I, I don't think these are in any particular order as mm. such, you know, but these are just the ten which stood out. Um, so, Steve, um, what is your number ten? Mine. Um, first one is speed dating. Yeah, uh, the recent one that we had. Hunt. Uh, punt. Yeah, punt. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my number 10 is Blink. Punt. Okay. Punt. <laughs> and, oh, okay, so... Um, it's interesting. We're already noticing some films striking a chord among the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rich, what would, you, what would your number 10 be? My number 10 is Crooks. Punt. <laughs> really? <Okay. Yeah. laughs> They're funny. Out of so many films. So, uh, that that yeah, speaks to the quality of, of some of these movies, I think. Absolutely. Okay, straight on to number nine. That was quick. Um, okay, uh, Steve, what is your number nine? I'm going to murder this. I'm really annoyed. Um, is it Salvahez? Salvahez, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that was the... Um, like the cartel one, wasn't it, where they brought the friend round and then it all went to shit, basically. We, I just thought the action was really, really good in it. And it actually had a decent plot as well, to be fair, um, with, you know, the gang turf war or whatever that was kicking off. Um, I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, the the acting at the beginning of that was, was superb because, you know, yeah. when, when the... Um... You know, the, the main crime lord turns up and he's just really, really menacing in, in what he's sort of saying to, to this guy. It's, it's a brilliant conversation. Yeah, yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, good one. Yeah, it's an amazing um, film. Excellent mm-hmm. action. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really strong, that was. Uh, okay, my number nine is Crooks, uh, Rich. <laughs> so so this, was a, this was a, um, a comedy about two young women who are going to knock over a convenience store, um, but unfortunately find that somebody has beaten them to it. It's, it's a really sort of off-kilter sort of style comedy. Um, and and it's, it's just a lot of fun, basically. Yeah, you know, it's, got... it's got the quirky. It's all about the, the dynamics between, between the, the two characters, basically, the sort of central characters who are motivated. I think they're, they're going to knock over. They're inexperienced. They're going to knock over a store to get some money to be able to pay for an operation for for the dog. For the dog, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was it. Yeah, yeah. And it did remind me of um, that other film that um, Jim Cummings. Oh, Jim's Cummings yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, you know the one I mean. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. Um, shoplifting. The one with the uh, or something. yeah, the, the uh, where the crossbow gets. Yeah, yeah, the one with the, the crossbow. That, that, yeah. that was brilliant. Yeah, it has that sort of feel to it. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good one. Um, okay, so uh, Rich, what is your number nine? My number nine is speed dating. Punt. <laughs> We're moving up the yeah, list. I, yeah, I, was really, I, should, I should have put the crocs again then, but oh, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, okay, number eight, Steve. My number eight is pipe. Um, Which one? 
pipe. It was the Zoe Bell one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the um, you know, the, sort of the, the future. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Again, yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely an honourable mention from me for that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, because that was quite quite dark, wasn't it? It was, it was quite sort of nihilistic in its, um, you know, its storytelling. It was very yeah. very well done. Yeah, good one. Yeah, though. especially like you not know, the fight scene in the bar. Mm. Well, it was really well done. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just really well done. To be fair, I think that one of them that could be expanded mm-hmm. into. You know, a longer piece if it's just a um, proof concept, but I don't really think it was to be fair. But yeah, it's one, it's one of them that could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number eight is a film that we recently covered, um, Rich, in, in on the short shots, uh, Hugando con Fuego. Ah, yes, the Robert Samuels, the Robert uh, Samuels, just under 40 minute mm. uh, action thriller, uh, with a um. With a with a fantastic knife fighting scene, it uh, really uh, does uh, t- towards the end. Yeah, so so this is this is about as close to a feature that any short is going to get. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it is very well rounded sort of storytelling. Um, there is one moment which which I, I consider what I call um, bad guy logic. You know, where you look at it, you go, that doesn't make sense. But it, it, you know, the way he says it kind of makes sense, but it doesn't make sense at all. Um, for that character to do that but um other than that yeah um robert samuels is great you know he playing this sort of aging dea agent or cia agent um he's recently retired but um his past catches up with him his girlfriend gets captured uh and he has to sort of go and you know finish the job basically go find this um this this cartel leader um, really, really good dialogue when there is dialogue, and yeah, the the action scenes are really, really well done. And Rich, what is your number eight? So my number eight is one we saw way back at the start of the year, uh, Street Fighter Psychosis. Oh yeah, I don't remember oh, this yeah. one too much. Uh, I I I don't to be honest because it was um, I think we it was. It was literally around this time last year that we, uh, mm. this, uh, that we yeah. released it, released that episode, which we'd, I think we'd record a little bit earlier. Uh, uh, it's one of those that I really want to go back to, but I just haven't had the time because uh, I keep forgetting that, you know, so many great films, I keep forgetting that, that it was there. And it was just seeing this list. I was like, oh, yeah. And it was it, it just made such an impression on me that I can't really remember what happened. I just remember it's really well put together, really good fight short, basically. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, it was. But, but they had the, the, I thought the character representations were really good and stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it just really, um, uh, made by a guy, a guy called uh, Stanton Chong. Uh, it's about 13 minutes long. It was, it was re- just really good sort of choreographed action. Um, mm. And you know, well shot and stuff. So definitely one of the best fan films uh, that I've seen um, this year, and I've seen a lot of fan films. So. Mm. Okay, awesome. Uh, Steve, your number seven. Uh, my number seven is No Disintegrations, the um, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, fan talking film. of fan films. Yeah, that's yeah. another. Yeah, it was really yeah. cool. Yeah, that was I a follow up was... to Score uh, Scorekeeper, wasn't it? Where, yeah. And this one's got the. Um, was it Boba Fett in this yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of three bounty hunters meeting a bar kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he don't get his bounty because he disintegrates them, basically. Um, but I just thought the way they did it was really, really well. The costumes, the makeup, the sets, I thought they were absolutely fantastic. And, you know, it, it, the story as well was pretty good. There's a couple, uh, you know, missed action beats and stuff like that. But apart from that, mm. I just thought they, it did a really, really good job on it, and it was, you know, really enjoyable. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, my number seven is Reload. Uh, this is another one we did um, quite recently, but we we watched it at the Fighting Spirit back in uh, September. Yeah, got to see it on the big um, screen. Got it on the big all screen. It's, um, a decently yeah. budgeted glory, I would say. Uh, it's a pretty slickly made film. Looked good yeah. on the big screen. So essentially, we have a time traveling Punisher. Um, sort of like caught cornering this guy, this sort of dodgy guy in a, in a um, a sort of a, a chop shop. Um, uh, where this, this guy is apparently going to be responsible for destroying a, a hospital in a couple of years' time, so he wants to put a stop to it before it happens. Um, and a big fight ensues basically in, in, in this sort of motor garage. It's a lot of fun. Um, the sound effects in particular are really, really good. Um, uh, and there's a massive, massive guy that he has to fight in this. Um, you know, it just looks incredible. Uh, it, it's just a really, really good, fun um, sort of sci-fi action short. And uh, Rich, what is your number seven? My number seven is uh, Michael Lear's Jester Must Die. Mm. Um, Okay. Okay. Holding, holding, uh, keeping stum for the moment. Then. <laughs> okay. So, Steve, your number six. Um, Midnight Clear. Ah, that was cool. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. The... Remind me. That was set at Christmas, wasn't it? Christmas. Yeah, the horror yeah. Christmassy one, where I can't remember the ending exactly, but it was. Was this like oh. a Holocaust, nuclear holocaust or something? Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, they were celebrating. It was like a family Christmas. Yeah. Thing. yeah. And they, 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 it's gradually sort of un- revealed that uh, we're sort of in an end of the world kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought it was done really well because it is one of them that kind of keep you guessing. You know, it was definitely a sense of unease all the way through. Mm. And then it gets you right at the end and I just thought it was done really really well and the tension building it was great yeah we covered that one on the um, short shots alongside uh, Pipe Mm. in the same episode because I can't remember which series it was it was one of those one of those short film series uh, either a theory or Beyond the something like Beyond the Dark or something it was called um, oh, right. yeah, yeah. They, were, they were showing them as a collection yeah, yeah. Um, not they've just not the ethereum ones was it no no i don't yeah. think i think it was the other one i think it's, right. I, I get confused yeah. with the name of them i think you you can it, midnight clear is very um very available you can it's on this sort of paid for thing that you can rent but you can actually find it really easily on um, yeah it's on youtube um, on uh, youtube yeah. i think it actually had it actually even came out on uh i think it was uh alter or dust or something also put it mm. out very recently um so yeah 
probably in time for Christmas, I think. <laughs> but uh, the um, yeah, the, I, I really like that one a lot. That was probably my that was one of my favourites of that show that we did um, mm-hmm. in, alongside Pike. Cool. Um, okay, so num- have you done your number? No. So my so, number six is number six. yeah, well, number six. Um, my number six is red. Uh, punt. Okay. Um, so, Rich, what is your number six? Mine is the video game sort of promo video, Sifu. Oh um, yeah, yeah. There's a running oh. theme in my list is that it, it's a, there's a lot of action stuff because because mm. that's kind of my go-to. That's that's what I love uh, watching most out of of anything probably really well choreographed sort of fight scenes and stuff. And this film has has it. It's got a really good budget. Yeah, uh, the video game company have really invested quite well with it to make it. There's, it's quite common now for video game companies to make short films to promote yeah. their stuff. We, we've covered quite a few in the past, mm-hmm. I think, including there was a Far Cry one, and they get a yep. quite big name actors. The Far Cry one was really good, actually. Right? Yeah. Um, this the, one's the like one, ten minutes was... long or so, and yeah. yeah, just really, really sets everything up really nice. I'm not gonna play the game, but mm. it does make me wish that the that the that the film went on and told the story mm. of the game. Yeah. Uh, so maybe like a film adaptation or something would be really. Could, could really I work I, re- well. I remember after we, we we looked at this, I I did look up footage online of, of the actual game itself, mm-hmm. and and it is very close. You know, they got the aesthetic almost perfect. Um, it looked it look really really close to the game. So so yeah, hats off to these guys. Yeah, really good one. Okay, up to number five for Steve. Number five is Life is But a Dream. The um, one by Pat. Pat oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, God. That was, that was a freaky one. Yeah. yeah. Really, really vivid, you know, lots of colour and all that. Really stuff. vibrant and yeah. basically two. It's the ghost, ghost yeah, fighting over a casket, basically. Um, but yeah, it was just, and again, it was like an advert for iPhone. Remember? Yeah, it was all. all so they made it to around. show off what the iPhone could 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 yeah. do, basically. Yeah. yeah, but really vibrant, great fighting. And I remember, it ended on like a musical number. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but. Big song and dance routine sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's really enjoyable and just fun, you know. Not too. It was a bit weird, but not too weird, if you know what I mean. And it kind of reminded me like of um, what's it called? Was it a Chinese ghost story that I saw yes, years yeah, ago? Yeah, kind of yeah. that kind of vibe. Uh, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed that one. Awesome. Um, okay, so my number five is the Association Athena. Yeah, um, that's a good, good shout. Another another really good action one. Very yeah. distinctive style to that one. So this is from Ro- Rogue Origin Films. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the 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 look of it is amazing. Um, it, it's designed almost like a music video, but so you know it's a it's a very vicious fight scene with with, with serious stakes at, um, at hand. Um, but you know the, the way it's presented is um you know very glossy sort of um you know almost like a pro- music promo it, it, and it works really really well um re- really enjoyed this one and rich your number 5 
my number five is the aforementioned Blink. Yes, so... Hunt. Hunt. Ooh, okay. Oh, we can't talk about, about it yet. <laughs> jump into that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steve, your number four. My number four is... Hang on. My phone's gone anyway. Um, my number four is Jester Must Die. Yeah. Which I believe you had as well, Mike. Uh, no, Steve, uh, Rich did. Oh, was it Rich? Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was the number seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any any extra thoughts you want to add on that one? Um, it was just again, it, it's like you say with yours. It is a bit of an action heavy shot, but really well done and just a bit with. You know, the kid and Jester struggling to pull the trigger and what it might do. And I just thought it was really, really interesting, interestingly done. Mm. Yeah, it's like basically, uh, it is, it's again, it's an action short. It's only like 16 minutes long. Uh, yeah. But they, it's got a real proper, real story. You know, there's a real setup and, and stuff and there's a real potential. I mean, I, I believe it's, a, it's like a proof of concept kind of thing. They, but it doesn't feel that way too much. It yeah. feels like it's it's got a natural endpoint, but it is um, adapted from a feature script, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's an interesting parallel between this and the Athena one I mentioned mm-hmm. a minute ago in that you have this um, situation where you've got these guys who, who are obviously very close, you know, they've been you know, partners for a long time, you know, they're good friends, but find themselves on opposing sides, you know, mm. and, and very reluctant to have to follow orders. But no, they have to follow orders. And, you know, it, it, it sort of develops a really nice, interesting sort of tension as, as to, you know, whether uh, loyalty to the, to the opera, to the, you know, the, the organization is going to win out over, you know, loyalty to your friend. It's, it's um, yeah, very good. Yeah. And the, um, uh, it's it, the guy in the lead, Adam Slemon, who's it's, it's actually his script. He he kind of came up with it. The um, yeah. I I'd not seen him before, so I thought he was pretty good. And mm. say the film is made by a guy who I've seen a lot of action shorts with or by uh, Michael Lear. He's he's done stuff like fight coordinating on films like Day Shift and Samaritan. He's done you know stunts on things like Bullet Train, and mm. I think he was a fight coordinator on, according to. Um, IMDb, you know, he did Extraction and Fast and Furious. He's he's unlike he knows his, he he's re, he's really good um, mm. at what he's got, and clearly, you know, a, a really good director as well. Um, he's this is like one of like a handful of films, short films uh, that he's made, but this is probably his most ambitious and definitely potential here for either a feature or like a series or something. I'm not sure mm. the the sort of the rate of conversion from from you know proof of concepts into anything else is very low. Uh, so what I'm particularly glad about this is that it does fit nicely as it is. It's a really great. I mean, it doesn't even feel. It feels like a quality movie, just sort of condensed down into into a short bit. Mm. Amy Johnson yeah. is in there, but she doesn't get to fight. Uh, I think it's just kind of a favour for obviously a bit that she sort of, sort of turns up. I would, it's a little bit disappointing when you see her turn up and then she <laughs> yeah. doesn't fight, but. The rest of them, are, 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 you know, everyone else is so good. It's um, yeah, it's 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 great. 
Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, my number four is Uncharted versus Indiana Jones versus Tomb Raider. Nah. Yeah, very good. <laughs> this was awesome. Um, it is exactly what it says on the tin. You got all three characters. Um, what's this called? Is it Jonathan Drake from Uncharted? Um, Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake. Yeah. Um, and Indiana Jones and uh, Lara Croft, all after the same mystical dagger. Um, it's filmed in ooh, one of the Istan places. Istanbul, I think. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. It looks like Istanbul. No, but okay. it was. It was one of the other sort of um, Istan places, you know, Kazakhstan or somewhere like that. Oh, I think you're right. Yes, um, yeah. but it looked great. You know, they, they got the characters perfect. You know, the, um, the guy playing Indiana Jones. You know, that belongs in a museum. Got the kind of thing. They got the music right. They got the action right. Um, it, it was really, really well done. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was it was a family, wasn't it? I think it was you know it was written, directed, produced all by you know sort of well, it's that, um What's it called? Um, no, it's no. That was the um, Star Wars Cad Bane. Oh right, yeah. um, but they did yeah, that. This was right. um, Devin Supertramp, right. and uh, who does a lot of sort of uh, uh, sort of these kind of character mm. fan film concept videos and stuff and. Mm. Uh, to, to various degrees we, we've covered quite a few of them but he does a lot yeah. of stuff that's like commissioned for, for like big brands and stuff yeah and uh, but, but this this, was... this worked really well you know there's yeah, this yeah, whole absolutely. sequence where, where there's sort of like all all three characters are on top of this um this building on on, on the tower you know sort of going around the outside of it you yeah know, i mean it uses i mean it's fantastic they say they shot it i'm just looks out it was uzbekistan Pakistan, and, and they shot Pakistan, it say so it's yeah. all shot on location really talented mm -hmm stunt performers in mm. it playing the roles it's not it's not dialogue driven it's it's very action driven it's yeah. about them but it's all about the character you know they, they are very true to the characters you know yeah the, the way they act and everything was, even though indiana just... jones would never have you know be in the same time zone as that yeah. you don't even think about it when you're watching it it's just the yeah. sort of you know the, the, the sort of whimsy whimsy of the whole thing mm. um and there's a there's a few other short Definitely films worth that, looking up. Um, play on that kind of whimsy uh, uh, which i like there's there's one out there which uh, from a while back which says what if um what if you crossed over the indiana jones movies and the star wars movies mm. and that that's quite a fun short mm. that, that sort of plays with it you know, plays with those characters so yeah it's always this is this is one of the great things about fan films is that you get stuff that you would never see in a real project for for whatever reason usually rights reasons mm. and stuff and uh Devin Supertramp, uh, Devin Graham, I should say, with his with his team, have just yep. said, you know, what can we do? Um, mm -hmm. let, you know, let's think of some great ideas and, and let's put them on screen, and and uh, it flows really well. I think it's again, it's like only like about ten minutes, but it, yeah, it's like three different oh, it goes really set quickly. pieces. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so Rich, what is your number four? My number four is uh the aforementioned red uh, mm. bow fowler's uh, proof Fowler of concept yeah okay yes thoroughly good this one you, it, it's um you know it, it, it could be really dark uh it could be you know it sets it's quite dark to be, it is yeah, very it's dark. dark you know it's quite 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 bleak sort of film but oh my god the yeah the action is superb um it's yeah, the Fowler. one where he wakes up yeah in the ice bath that's, that's it. it 
Yeah. And he's yeah. basically he's like he looks like a homeless man. He's got like these yeah. ugly baggy pants on and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's got a real it really reminded me of uh Gangs of London mm-hmm. and some of the gritty sort of atmosphere uh, and the sort of ugliness of of the whole thing. And uh yeah. but you know fantastically shot really st- really slick looking and obviously excellent excellent choreography. Uh we've got um uh, Cheryl Berniston in there uh, in mm-hmm. a in a small role. Uh, yep. and uh, Ian Reddington uh, who's quite a recognisable face from, yeah. uh, from uh, some, I think it was like EastEnders and stuff that he did mm. uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah and both Fowler are really good He's, um, this was made in 2020 but only just released sort of white uh, you know yeah. freely available uh, this year so it was a you know I was I missed it when it was at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival and I just I was waiting for it a long yeah, time yeah that, was, that was the Covid year wasn't it basically I think yeah, that's the only one. So. That's the yeah. only way we missed. But there yeah. you go. Awesome. Yes, I thought I thoroughly enjoyed that. It's on my list. Okay, number three for Steve. Um, well, you had talked about it. I cocked up. It is Crooks. Awesome. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> really you want it. to add to it? Yeah. yeah cool. No, it's just it is what it is. Nice bit of fun. You know. Awesome. Yeah. My number three is Nightmare Man or Bat. Uh, very, yeah, another really good fan film. We've seen very, some really good. Well. We've seen some really good Batman films. Um, yeah. There's the animated one um, with uh, Two Face and, and the um, ventriloquist. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Broken Promise. Broken Promise. I say, yeah, that was that was awesome as well. But this one, um, it fits in a lot. It does. Um, you know, we, we we've got. Um, um what's his name dick grayson um mm-hmm. playing nightwing in, in no the mm-hmm. red mask red mask sorry he, he comes up in isn't he um which, which is awesome um batman looks great in this there's a whole sequence with um a cgi um man bat which, which yep. looked really really good very well rendered um uh, yeah they, they, they just they just did a really really good job with this um it, it really really worked for me Cool. Uh huh. Um, okay. And Rich, what is your number three? My number three is Life After. Okay. Remind is, me what this one was. So this was like a half hour, again, sort of proof of concept, sort of first mm-hmm. act of, of a movie, basically, which was uh, about a, uh, a hostage negotiator. Um, oh, yes. yeah. 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 That, that I remember. Yeah. Yeah. It was shot a bit like a Saw movie. Uh, she's um, dealing with some emotional. Yeah. Uh, she's emotionally fragile after um, the loss of her uh, partner, yeah. and she, yeah, then she's sort of called onto the location to sort of deal with this uh, deal with this guy and and rescue some hostages. It's just really slickly produced, very uh, very engaging thriller. Interesting characters, you know. They've they've sort of got the. It's not action driven. It's very much a mm. uh, uh, about the sort of uh atmosphere and you know the the suspense of the situation yeah. and, and it's really well shot and it one of the letdowns is let's say like with some of these um uh, proof concepts is it doesn't have a proper conclusion there's a bit of a they oh. kind of leave it on a little bit of a cliffhanger with, where you could assume a potential outcome but it's um it it, it, it that's that's a, a minor negative I, I mean it does what it set out to do which is it makes you want to see more uh, and i think even if you if you it, um, if 
I think it just about works on its own um, without having to worry about anything more. But um, yeah, I loved it. Really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Really good one. Okay, up to number two, um, Steve. Uh, Link. Okay. Uh, was it on someone's earlier as well? Yeah, but both of our lists. Both of ours, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, there it is, there it is. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was really well done. Uh, if I remember rightly, did you not say it was part of a collection? Uh, well, oh. uh, the, the it's a basically, it's quite unusual because it's a studio-produced uh, yeah. short film. It came from uh, Sony. Yeah. Did uh, they they established the new of their uh, screen gems offshoot? Um, so you know, sub brand kind of thing. They've they've created a new one called Scream Gems, uh, and the idea is that they'll do like these little proof concepts stuff. As far as I'm aware, this is the only one they've made so far. Uh, right, I've not come across any others. This was back in March, uh, and they and it's so it's got a bit it's got you know decent budget behind it. It's still very sort of small scale, limited cast, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Yella, Sophie Thatcher is mm -hmm. um, a young girl who's basically she's she's paralyzed and she uh, she can't really communicate what's happening. And so she, the, the, the evil force is kind of um, approaching her and, uh, the, you know, she's completely vulnerable to it and and, in and unable to warn others who are around her in, in the hospital. Uh, yeah. Really, really suspenseful. Really interesting. Obviously, really well made by uh, director Spencer Cohen. Yeah, yeah, it worked really, really well that one. Okay, uh, my number two is Baby Fever. No surprise, yeah. really. <laughs> um, so this is from Hannah May Cumming, um, who is part of Monstrous Femme. We've covered her work before um, with Camp Calypso and Fanatico. Um, and I thought this this just works really well. You know, the, the 70s aesthetic, um, the, the, the whole um, sort of misogyny and, and the stuff that's going on. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's got a nice sort of sense of humor to it, some nice icky effects and, and a really, really good soundtrack. So um, yeah, that's my number two. This is one you can't find uh, freely available at the moment, but you can mm. find it on yeah, the festival it's still circuit. On, it is still on the festival circuit at the moment. I'm sure it will appear sometime this year. Um, okay, so Rich, your number two. Yeah, my number two is E11 Standard Issues. Oh, yeah. This was a fun <laughs> unboxing video, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, parody unboxing video about, you know, in the, from the Star Wars universe. So again, another fan film. Now, I was torn between, I didn't want to put both on the list, but there was this and another Star Wars fan film called, uh, well, it was Cad Bane, obviously, mm. but there was, a, there was another one called X-Wing, yep. which was a fantastically animated uh, action short. Mm. Um, but this, I just thought was so novel and fun. You know, it's it's like a, it, it's a, it's a skit, basically. It's a sketch mm. about um, uh, the, the, the joke is that it's an unboxing video. It, it basically, that's all it is. But there's lots of little Easter eggy kind of things as they go through, and it doesn't outstay its welcome. I just thought, mm. and it's really, really well made. Um, just looks fantastic. Um, just on the subject of Star Wars films, just going off kilter a bit. Rich, mm. have, you, have mm. you seen one called the The Chase? The Chase. Uh, don't think so. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I've got it's, quite it's, a long well, list of of, of Star Wars yeah. fan films that I've got. It'd, I've it'd got be nice. Through. It'd be nice to check that out in, in, at some point in the year. The Chase. Yeah. It's very good. 
Yeah. Is that a new one or? It, one? Yeah, it's, it's been around for about a month from oh, okay. Skyforge. Oh yeah, I'll, um, um, I'll look it up. Mm-hmm. Look out for that. Um, yeah, the, I mean the, the the Star Wars universe is rich, and I, I still think even though you know Disney managed to get well, Disney bought bought Star Wars mm. and everything, obviously, and mm. you know they're they're pushing out so much stuff. I still think what's great is that these these fan films are still being able to get made and because yeah. there's other fan films the reason they get made is because there isn't any of that particular property mm. out yeah. there so the fans are sort of and um in this yeah. case you know there's no need for this this is just you know enthusiasm and you know desire mm. to to from the creators to to, to put something out there and yeah. It's still such a of such a high standard. I think, in some cases, better than what Disney is producing. Mm. I'd, mm. I'd I'd put this alongside something like Han Wick as well. You know, in mm. in that um, it, it sort of shows the diversity of the Star Wars universe and what you can do, what you can play with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a fun one that uh, yeah. E eleven standard issue. Okay, um, and Steve, your number one. Again, I'm probably going to butcher this. Uh, Atratus. Really? That's a very interesting choice. Yeah. As it, a, that was Portuguese, I believe. Uh, it's like a th- uh, the thriller about the young woman who's uh, basically at home alone. Yeah. Brazilian. Yeah. Brazilian, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought they, they, they did it really, really, really well. I mean, the ten- I thought the tension was built quite built really well in it and it was just quite an interesting little story um i can't really remember what they were trying to find that's the only thing it was i think it was a while ago when we watched it wasn't it yeah i think uh, that she's she's at home on like the ranch and and then there's a mysterious stranger sort of approaches and then um, yeah they're they're trying there's like home invasion kind of yeah starts Interesting. Uh, I think I think that's one I missed. Uh, but, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. One. Okay, uh, my number one is one which both of you have had on your list. It is Speed Dating. Yeah, John Paul yeah. Lies film. John Paul yeah. Lies film, indeed. Um, you know, we, we we've seen his work in front of this camera before, and we, we've seen his choreography before. And he's, he's one of these guys, as soon as you see him in a film, it's like, I can't, you know. He, he was in um, uh, Vengeance, Vengeance 2, what a, what a Ross Byers film. And for a lot of the film, you're sort of looking at him going, when are you going to let him off the leash? They didn't, did they, if I recall correctly? No, they did. <laughs> oh, they did, they did. Yeah, eventually. I remember watching but, something where I'm sure yeah. that he was in it and they, they, they didn't use him, or I might be confusing him with someone else, but, but, the, um, yeah, but right he, the, yeah, he's fantastic. Right he's one end. of the best uh, yeah. around at the moment, and he's yeah. he's he's in that weird position of everyone, and people are getting to know who he is and what he's capable of doing, but he he's he's hungry enough that he's trying all these different things hmm. and uh he's, well, he's this, this was such in... a surprise you yeah. know this was such a surprise you know i was expecting a typical sort of fight scene sort of thing i wasn't expecting comedy chops from his writing you know and i, mm. I wasn't expecting um you know complex camera moves like like the opening shot where the camera's following different people. So, so you got, you know, he starts following a waiter into the room and then someone takes a glass off the waiter and then follows that person around to the bar, you know, and eventually we get to 
our protagonist, you know, this this lady who's been who's gone to this speed dating evening um, because she lost a bet with her best mate. Um, and, and then we get the, you know, the, the comedy chops from from the writing and, you know, the characters. Yeah, which it, he wrote it, again. Uh, yeah, really wrote exactly. Um, and, and, you know, he's got, um, you know, the actual sort of fight scenes work really well. The, the way they're constructed, the way the camera moves between them it is, you know, it's exemplary, really. Yeah, and Absolutely. and su- such a dr- such a shift from because um, this is only the second film that he's directed, the mm. first one being the Division, which was a full on half hour cop action thing mm. basically of mm. of just like about twenty seven minutes of near non stop action, and almost yeah. one of those films that's maybe a bit too much. Um, it's it's but it was like kind of a vehicle you, you, you for, men- you for him. Yeah, you 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 mentioned the other thing, you know the um, uh, the the seafood one. You know, because yes. I'm pretty sure that that was for the the, the game, yeah. the division as well. Yeah. Oh no, no, this no? is um, no the division. This oh, the division is not the one in thing. the warehouse. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember so it now. Yeah. warehouse based kind of mm-hmm. um, thing, but that was very much him making a vehicle for himself and Laurent Plancel. Mm-hmm. Um, apologies mm-hmm. if I uh, mispronounce his name there. The um, but in in speed dating, he's just focusing on being a filmmaker. Yeah, uh, you know, just he's behind the camera. He's he's written, you know, he's written and directed. He's he doesn't even have a cameo that I recall. Mm. No, he doesn't. In it, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he sort of allows his um, his uh, Phoebe Robinson, uh, mm. formerly uh, formerly, I think, goes by a couple of different. I think she's changed her name a couple of times, but she she was in the division. She's also in in this one as well. Uh, alongside um, now, who's the who's the lead on this one? Because I can't remember her name, but she's a, again somebody quite surprising. Because I um, I've not really Mia. seen her before. And Eloise Lovell Anderson, right? I believe yeah. is uh, yeah. So she yeah, Emma, yeah. and she's she's a, she's so confident in the lead in this. Mm. Uh, she, I mean, she's got those. I think she's a, um, a model as well. So she's got fa- the fantastic. Um, charis- charismatic sort of leading woman kind of look and uh, you know and able to pull off the action which again sort of had a sort of a very much Angelina Jolie uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smithy kind of feel to me mm-hmm. and I thought she so she did really well so I'm looking forward to seeing more of her in other projects so, so she seems to generally have had just sort of uh, supporting roles and this you know she really shines in this one yeah absolutely yeah. Um, okay, so Rich, your number one. So my number one is uh, another film that's of sort of on the longer side. Um, it's an anime, uh, sort of a mixture of computer animation and live action. It's Scooty about oh, a, yeah. a about a <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. about a loser bloke and uh, and, a, and a, a robot that's basically uh, assembled from uh, scooters. That uh, gets struck by lightning, and uh, yeah. it's like a buddy comedy kind of thing. I just thought again, it was another movie that's uh, um, it's kind of a condensed sort of feature. It's like um, it covers a lot of ground uh, mm. in in its uh, short running time. And mm. I just had a, I just thought it was great. I've seen it a couple of times now. Um, the director, it, it's it's from like the guys who, like the Corridor team on uh, mm-hmm. YouTube, uh, very talented visual effects artists and stuff. Um, it's funny. Uh, the the the, um, the computer animated the computer animation is fantastic, 
and yeah. uh, really, the you know, you really believe in the character and stuff, which is really important. The main, the human cat, the human guy is a bit of a douchebag at times. Mm. Um, mm. He's a bit obnoxious, but I think that's the point. Um, he hates but, scooters, doesn't he? Yeah. he? he hates hates scooters. But uh, so he he wasn't. Uh, he's a, there's a, there's just something about him that just didn't quite work for me. But the rest, you know, apart from that, it's, it's just so good. It's so it's so entertaining. Feels like a prop. Feels like a proper movie. You could easily yeah. watch it. With um, it's not really family friendly because there's, I think there's a little a bit of bad language and stuff in it. But it feels like it should be a, mm. a kids movie. But it, it's not quite. It's still a bit a couple of mature bits in there. But it's it's so well made. Absolutely. Okay, that is our top ten each of um, the short films that we've covered this year. Um, we will be putting some of these in the footnotes. Okay, guys, it's time for the main event. Our top tens of the features that we have reviewed this year. And I want to kick straight off over to Steve for his number 10. Right. Okay. I've actually picked a fan film for number 10. All right. Uh, it was Scream Legacy. Yeah, really, really, really good, that one. Yeah. yeah. I just thought they did a real good job of it. Um, actually incorporating, you know, the original films into it. They did it really, really well. Because some of them, like, you know, say, like, the Friday the 13th ones we've seen and stuff like that, it, just ends up being set in the same place and you know that's about it but with this yeah. one you had like you know Sydney's daughters Daughter, and, and things like that and I just thought it was done really really well it was up there on a the par with the new screen film for me I really really enjoyed this I think what what I respected about it was you know it's it's hard to do a film because a lot of what the screen franchise is is the references Mm. And the easy thing, the easiest thing to do would be to, or perhaps not, would be to try and do exactly that. Um, but you've got to, it's, it's a, it can be a difficult call because you, you really have to be like on your A game with yeah. some, with some of the jokes and references to make it land. And I thought here they've just said, no, we're just going to not do that part. We're going to focus mm. more on the tension and the atmosphere of the characters and not try to do not try to be clever and meta and all that sort of stuff yeah and yeah. Uh, it's it works as some kind of a standalone sort of more straight so look, you look at something like scream three which didn't mm. which was trying to do the whole meta thing mm. even more and just didn't work and i think no. this one and i think that's what some of they learned with the latest sequels was to kind of pull that stuff back and i think what's interesting here is that they sh they showed that you can make a screen movie without doing that. Now the the new movie came out, and they did go down that direction of doing all that kind of stuff again. But I think there's evidence there that the the the, the, the series can move on beyond references, and mm. you know, to sort of being a straightforward, more of a straightforward kind of slasher, um, which are the films that we, you know, really enjoyed in the in the in the first place, leading up to yeah. to to Scream. So yeah, I thought it was a good addition. Uh, to to the best fan film scream I've seen definitely and there's mm. there's, there's quite a lot out there um, it's quite easy to do with the costume and everything um, but I thought they pulled they pulled it off it was really well really well shot really well produced and it's about an hour long if I recall correctly so, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Hmm. good o 
Okay. Um, now, just as, a, as an aside, before I launch into my first one, did you go? I mean, how how difficult did you find this sort of narrowing down to to just ten films? Um, not that hard to be honest. I mean, I no. think I think there's there's a lot of film. You know, when I review every week, a lot a lot of mm. what come what comes out is about a seven. Mm. I, I usually think most films are pretty good. There's there's a lot of the, the things. So finding the exceptional ones is probably the what what are the most sort of sort of exceptional uh, mm. is probably harder, especially with compared to. It's different than constructing the the worst or the shorts list. Yeah, I mean we've covered so much more is one thing, mm. but uh, yeah, it can. It, I, it, well, it's challenging at times. How did you find it? I, I find it quite difficult. I, I, I originally had a short list of like thirty, mm-hmm. uh, and mm. even, even but even by today, I had it down to like fifteen, mm-hmm. and, and I was really struggling to sort of kick out a few. I must. Have I was been. moving stuff around. I'll be honest. There was, yeah. there was films I picked out, and I was thinking, you know what? I don't think this is top ten. I think if I look further down, there was another film that sort of jumps out at me. There's loads of films that you know, honourable mentions kind of territory. Oh, I mean, we've, we've covered a lot of yeah. really good stuff this year. Yeah. But um, I think I tried to be fairly dive, uh tried to bring, these are not necessarily just the only ones that, but they're, oh, they're no, sort of the they're, ones they're that definitely, stood out. Could easily, there's loads which could have been yeah, sort of slotted. So what was, what was, so, so, so my the, number 10 yeah. is a film called The Day After Halloween, which mm. I don't think you saw, Rich. I think it was me. no. No, no, I remember you I, raving about it though. I, I, I really like this. This could easily have been made by Kevin Smith. Um, it is that style of comedy. Uh, you know, it's it's a buddy movie, basically, with um, yeah. these two guys waking up the, uh, the day after Halloween where there's been this party and one of the guy's girlfriend is dead and they're trying to remember what on earth happened the night before and whether or not they should call the police or anything like that. And it's it's just great. I, I absolutely love the dialogue. I love the way it was shot. Um, there's great sort of um, fantasy sequences where they imagine what it would be like if they're inter- interrogated by the cops and things like that. It, it's, it's really, really well done. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I wasn't... I remember you saying that you think I, you thought that I'd like it, and he just didn't hit off me at all. Yeah, if I remember rightly, yeah. he, he didn't like the sudden change at the end, as, as yeah, often, yeah, sort of jump genres, as it were, right at the end. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Rich, what was your number ten? My number ten is the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. Mm, uh, argue, I, this is one of the films yeah. I rated highest, but I, it's I, it, the reason it's sort of at the bottom of the list is because I think there's other films that have better rewatch value. Is mm-hmm. is all it is. Uh, I yeah. do think this is a, a, it was a really sort of quite powerful film. Not what I was expecting. Very different to what you know your standard DTV kind of fare would be, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite diverse at the be- uh, as as you know our, our shows generally attest to. There's there's a lot of really interesting stuff that's not what people would necessarily think of as DTV. This is a, a, a small scale, uh, limited space, limited environment drama uh, mm. with uh, based on a true story, uh, which gives it more power, more significance. It, I think it's a really in, interesting, you know, hor- horrible, terrible, important mm. story to be aware of. And I think they've, they've told it very well. The, 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 the film is about an hour and 20 minutes long. 
and a lot of it's taking place in like a corridor you know like on a staircase outside of an apartment yeah. or inside the apartment and i thought they they held the ground that they, they managed the pace of the film uh, really well and you know excellent performances obviously and uh, yeah i think that's it's it's definitely films i, I it's not the, obviously it's not an entertaining movie in, in that but it's very absorbing and well worth seeing yeah absolutely yeah uh steve your number nine my number nine is samaritan um uh, punt ish because it's my number nine as well all oh, right okay so let's talk about it now uh, <laughs> carry on. um yeah very different from small i thought um you know you expect him to do maybe like a superhero movie when he's a lot younger or I know they weren't really around in that part but I just I thought he I thought he played it really really well um I liked the twist shall we say at the end and yeah, I just thought it was quite quite moving decent story you know it kind of reminded me of the um Agent Brody one was it clean Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it was very yeah. similar yeah, character almost. Yeah, yeah which is yeah. what I remember when we were reviewing it. Mike was like, "We've seen this before," and I was like, "Really? What are you talking about?" And then, and then you said, and I was yeah. like, oh, "Of course!" I, was yeah. like, I can't believe I didn't notice that when I was watching it. I mean, it is basically the same movie, but told in a very different way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like the kid. The kid, for once, you know, the kid wasn't annoying, and I like the the gritty. Greatness, you know, he's not he's not an angel, the kid, you know. What I mean, he could go either way with the gangs or try to keep on the straight and narrow. And it was just, yeah, I mean, he went a little bit CGI heavy at the end, but apart from that, yeah, I, just, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah, and I okay. thought that you know, it just Stallone just carries it so well. The film, mm-hmm. I mean, it was made. It looks like it was made for the big screen. I suspect it was, and I think. Uh, at MGM and you know the Amazon, they just decided to use it as like valuable content for for yeah. Amazon, uh, and you know it's it's very slickly produced. I think there's I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'd say it's one of the best, you know, what, certainly one of the better films that Stallone has made across his whole career. Um, but you know, considering his age and everything, the you know he's he's such a perfect fit and it works. And I don't think it would work really with anyone else. I I, I don't mm. think he. I mean, I don't think it would even work quite as well, even if it was Schwarzenegger. I think mm. for some yeah. somehow, um, Stallone is just managing to be in his seventies and still look like you know, yeah, such a mm. tough and you know believably tough um, character. Yeah. Um, but he also he he brings that moroseness to it as well, doesn't he? Mm. You know that he, yeah, yeah, he plays really really well. Yeah, I think he's and he's had a good year because obviously uh, on Amazon he's Tulsa not Amazon, the um, uh, Paramount, uh, the Paramount Plus series, which I haven't seen, but I'm hoping it's going to be I've good. I've heard good things, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, nice. So kind of a almost not not a comeback, but really nice to see Stallone sort of in a cent in a central role again, not having to sort of surround you know being in a sort of an ensemble, mm. uh, you know, Expendables kind of thing to sort of prove himself. He proves he's still a big movie star. Uh, yeah, I absolutely. think it was great yeah. and really well made. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, uh, my next one is Black Sight. 
Which one? Oh, that was, sorry, that's the, <laughs> the yeah, Michelle did, Monaghan one. Not we did the new either. the new one was the Michelle Monaghan one yeah. uh, with uh, Jai Courtney, wasn't it? Yes, that's it. And uh, Jason Clark. Jason Clark. Um, so, so this is an it is a, exactly it's a slasher movie disguised as an action movie, uh, basically. As Jason Clark mm. is, is this uh, shady assassin who's been captured, taken to a black site, where Michelle Monaghan is um, one of the um, analysts, and he escapes and mayhem ensues and it's just really really well done um it's also uh, it's directed by a woman called sophia banks uh which you know is is just great as well you know we need more sort of female action directors as far as i'm concerned um yeah it, it just worked really well for me this one and rich your number nine um well uh, mine was samaritan so, oh, sorry, right. I thought it was, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, okay, uh, Steve, your number eight. Uh, my number eight is Love Hurts, or the title Most Horrible Things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Sam Phillips Butler one. Um, I just found it refreshing. It's it, it's very different. Um, it's It's kind of a non-slasher movie in a way mm. um but i like you know the, you know got the interrogations and the police then flashing back to the dinner party slash yeah whatever it is <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 um but yeah i really enjoyed this but the performances were good I mean, there's a little bit of weirdness with the main guy mm-hmm. um Oh, yeah, it's like a tra- trans sort of cross-dress yeah. kind of, kind of yeah. scenario going on, yeah. yeah it's, it's like they, you know, when they, they come in and he starts, you know, miming to the that song. That crazy. <laughs> yeah, caught yeah, on his head. You know, a couple of bits like, was like, mm. But all in all, I just thought it worked really, really well. Um, the only other downside, really, was... Again, the twist at the end, which you could see coming an absolute mile off. But yeah, apart from that, really enjoyed it. Awesome. Um, okay, so my number eight is Day Shift. Yeah, good call. No puns? Very entertaining. No, no puns actually, but um, no, very good call. Very entertaining movie. Yes, um, probably enjoyed this one. Um, I just can't remember who directed it. All of a sudden. Oh, that was J.J. Perry. Of course it was, yes. So this is directed by J.J. Perry. Um, we've got Jamie Foxx as a... He's sort of like an independent sort of bounty hunter for vampires, um, you know, uh, doing work off the books and ends up being unionised or forces his way back into the union um, in order to get some lucrative gigs and ends up sort of squaring off against this sort of very menacing sort of female vampire who's trying to modernize things a bit a bit like deacon frost in in blade in a way i guess you know she, she's got these aspirations to bring sort of her, the vampire community sort of kicking and screaming into the air of the fruit bat mm-hmm. um and and of yeah. course you know in the middle of the film we've got this awesome action sequence with with scott atkins um as one of these two brothers who, who come in and just lay waste to this house. It's absolutely superb. Um, a thoroughly enjoyable film. 
And Rich, your number... What, what number are we on? Eight. Yeah. My number um, eight is Dear Elizabeth, uh, originally known yeah, as Eaties. Eaties. Yeah. Which I was thoroughly charmed by. I just thought it was a really nice, breezy, watchable, uh, relatable kind of um, comedy. Uh, you know, you get a lot of... Com- Unfortunately, in, in DTV, they dump is where, you know, a lot of bad comedies basically get dumped or, mm-hmm. or you know made for videos people just not talented with with, with joke writing and stuff so um but in this case uh, I I just thought it really worked well I loved all the characters um it's just a sweet movie yeah I agree um it, it's, it's one of those ones I wasn't sure about at the beginning but you know the character does grow on you and uh, as, as you watch it and um, it's you've got able support from um, Alan Tudyk mm-hmm. as, as his friend, as kind of friend um, in there as well, and of course you know the eponymous sort of Elizabeth Banks. You know, is she, she going to turn up or not? It's um, yeah, it is a very sweet film, as you say. Okay, number seven for Steve. Uh, number seven is Cop Secret. Good um, shout. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, I just thought it was really enjoyable. The, um, you know, your big macho cop, you know, falling in love with his partner mm. and yeah, uh, something like a terrorist attack at the Iceland World Cup game or something yeah, like that. That's it. Uh, it was just loads of fun. You know, I've, I've said the only downside was the body was a bit OTT with it and apart from that I just I thought it was hilarious really really enjoyed it just yeah. such a fun fun film just... I totally agree it, it, it's like what, what if Riggs and Murtau actually had, had a relationship you know had yeah, a sexual yeah. relationship um, rather than just sort of platonic one you know it's, it's and, and the thing is it's got the action chops to, to back it up as well yeah so, yeah, so yeah, you know um it, it doesn't shy away from, you know, car chases and big shootouts and explosions. And, you know, the, these two guys really are the loose cannons um, in in the department. You know, wrecking yeah. Chinatown and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very good, very enjoyable film. Yeah, yeah it's not. And, again, it's a film that doesn't really. I've said this about a couple of films this year, but it, it's it's a film that's not not talking down to its characters or looking down mm. on its characters. Yeah, so, you know. An, an, an older version of this or an alternative interpretation of this would have been much more offensive. And I think... Well, the, Bad Boys the, 2 is a perfect example where, where yeah. you know, the sort of homophobic sort of um, attitude of, you know, the characters in that one uh, would be a perfect example of, of, of that going the wrong way. And and I like the fact that his girlfriend was actually, you know, she knew, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, of course you're gay kind of thing, you know, but he's the last <laughs> one to realise. Which, which I thought was nice as well. Yeah, I, I, it is, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's a really cool little film. Uh, my number seven is Spirit Walker. Oh, this is a Korean film. Yeah, uh, so one, I one didn't of the, see this one. No, it's one of a couple of Korean films on my list. Um, yeah, this was really good. Re- really, you know, clever film about a guy who keeps his um, persona, keeps switching bodies every 12 hours and he doesn't know why um and and, and it's it's a, a typical korean film in that it is very light on exposition 
you know, you, you're finding out details as he's finding out details kind of thing, you know, and eventually sort of you, you pick up what's actually happening to him and, and why. And it is, it's, it's a really well done, some really good stunt work and, and shootouts and things going on. Um, yeah, just, just really classy film. Right, sorry guys, I dropped out then. Um, That's fine. <laughs> who was it? Who was it and what we were talking? Uh, Spirit Walker. Right. I would That's say Bunwa. That's my number six. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, I completely missed whatever you said. So, yeah, anyway, loved it. Okay. thought it was great. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um... And Rich, what is your number seven? Well, I'm think I'm expecting a punt here, so let's see. Uh, ultrasound. Punt. Yeah. See, I knew it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Steve, your number six is Spirit Walker, which we just talked about. Yep. Um, unfortunately, um, yeah, it was it was absolutely solid. Um, yeah. My number six is Prey. Ah, yes. Okay, awesome. And Rich, what is your... No, no, sorry, I was just saying, oh, yes, I wasn't saying punt. Yeah, no, but Steve did. Oh, did he? Sorry, I didn't hear him, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, in that case, Rich, what is your number six? Uh, My number six is Like Dogs. Good Which shout! Yeah, really surprised me. It wasn't what I was. It's, it's not the. It's not the best. It's got some. It's got its problems. But it, I thought it took its ideas in some directions that I didn't expect that it was going to go. It was not the film that I thought it would be going in. I thought it was mm. going to be some sort of CD torture porny sort of kind of thing. Spirited, yeah, yeah. But it actually develops into mm. some re- in some really interesting directions that that overcome the budget limitations. Uh, loved all the twists and stuff. I think that it falls apart a little bit at the end, mm. but that still does not negate the fact that I think it's it's definitely a must see uh, in terms of you know uh, sort of uh, horror thrillers uh, that w- that have been released this year. It's definitely it's got some real standout moments. Absolutely, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, it, it you know it was hovering around my top ten. I must admit, but, um, yeah, awesome. Okay, on to number five for Steve. Uh, the Craze Code of Silence. Mm. Um, Very good film. Oh, yeah, Code, just, oh, Code of Silence, yes. That was the, uh, they were uh, in a, is that the one where they go to the warehouse and they're preparing for a... Yep, they're, they're, yeah. they just sort of step outside yeah, of yeah, the yeah. normal sort of police yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the, I thought it was nice to actually see a Craze film from the other side, you know, actual yeah. investigation, trying to bring them down rather than just what, you know, what they got up to and stuff like that. Uh, I thought Stephen Moyer was great in it. Mm-hmm. Um, nice to see him using his English accent for once. Yeah. And even the guy who played the craze as well, you know, he was a little bit over the top, but he did bring that intensity to it. Mm. And... I just thought it was really, really well done, really well shot, and because in a way, I think it did have you know budget restrictions. It is kind of one set, really. Hmm. You know, you in the where you know the warehouse or whatever it is where they set up, and 
a couple of cafes and stuff like that. But I just thought it was just done really, really well and nice to see it from a different angle. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, um, I was really surprised by this one, uh, you know, because I tend to sort of stay away from the usual, you know, London gangster kind of stuff, yeah. you know, and, and, and a lot of these films, as you say, you know, they do sort of, almost sort of make folk heroes out of these characters. And it's like, yeah, so, so it's nice to sort of see them being treated as villains that they were. Um, and, and it's a very good police procedural. There's some really nice visual touches where um, they, they put the detective in the center of a scene. You know, it's, mm. it's almost like a flashback, but he's there witnessing it. And it's very, yeah. very well done. Yeah, no, very, very good film. Yeah. All right. And Rich, what is your number? Sorry, it's me. <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. What is my number five? It is Mad Heidi. Uh, um, uh, I, I think, uh, hang on, let me just double check my list. Uh, slight punt because uh, it's a little bit further up the list. Okay, awesome. In that case, Rich, what is your number five? Mine is <laughs> a film in a, in a similar vein, Psycho Gorman. Okay. Which was released by, uh, was on, originally on Shudder and it was released uh, by Acorn. Uh, this year mm. uh, I'd been wanting to see it for ages I think it's I I, I really liked it I think you know it, it wasn't 100% everything I hoped it would be but I mm. think it, enough of it works uh, that, you know there's some really good gags in there there's a lot of creativity and imagination in the production uh, yeah. uh, from uh, right director uh, Steve Kostansky who is probably most well known no, well the film he's most well known for I think is The Void um, right. This is which I haven't seen yet, actually, but this is a, kind of a very different kettle of fish, I believe. It is very and, different. Uh, yeah. It's got quite a an unlikable protagonist. <laughs> the little Ooh. girl is just not, she's just really no, she's really mean. It's <laughs> not very nasty. It, it, I, I was just thinking <laughs> about selfish. it. And it well, her, her and her brother—it's almost like Wednesday and Pugsley from the Adams family. It's a good call, actually. Yeah, yeah. she's she's so she's probably like a, a, a very close to kind of a Wednesday Adams sort of character in terms of her. Um, callousness <laughs> yeah callousness but you know the thing wednesday's got that sort of uh well at least in the sort of Christine in the latest iteration yeah she's, she's like um what do you call it uh stoic you yeah it's very sort of quiet and well and here she's very exuberant and sort of you know wild and and stuff and i just i think there's enough that's um there's Re- stuff that's really fun about this uh, it's one that I can see myself going back to I still I want to see it again I think I've seen it a couple of times now and I'm looking forward to seeing it again it's just got that rewatch value awesome all right then uh moving on to number four Steve what's your fourth best film of the year um, it's one from a while back it's Jacob's wife Awesome. Oh yes. Uh, the, this, yeah. this, I, I struggled to keep this on my list. Barbara Crampton <laughs> and uh, Larry, Larry Fessenden. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was again really well done. It was nice to see a more mature protagonist, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, preacher's wife getting a bit bored, and then. Hooked up with an old flame and gets bitten by a vampire, mm. and the struggle with that, and like you know, a repressed sexuality, a repressed femininity, and stuff like that coming out, and 
just really well shot, really well performed. But the script was great, and just you know, a bit over the top with the gore and stuff. You know, the blood spraying everywhere and things like that. But it was nice to get an actual reaffirming, mature female-led horror movie in a way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I, I really enjoy this. Love the performances. Um, love, love the directions that heads in. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great film. Uh, and as I said, I, I was really struggling whether or not this was going to end up in my top ten. Yeah, but kicked out at the last minute. And uh, Rich, what is yours? Oh, I've missed my I've missed me again. That's what I was going to say. Is you, you, <laughs> I keep skipping stuff. over me. My number four, and I am expecting a punt here, is. Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday. Yeah, definitely a pump. <laughs> I thought so. Okay. In that case, Rich, what is your number four? Uh, my number four is Mad Heidi. Hey. So uh, surprising. My... So surprising because I scored this higher than you when we actually reviewed it, and it's, it's yes. ended up higher on your list. But yeah, no, I loved this. I, I really did. Um, the, the 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 satire, the, the you know the, the performances. Um, the, the the amount of detail they, they put into this, you know, they, they didn't hold back at all. And just one of, you know, the, a top draw performance from Casper Van Dien as, as the baddie. Um, I just thought he was superb. He, he just threw himself into this, you know, and why not, basically? I think he, he is a key part of, of why this film works so well. Yeah, and I think, the, you know, it's a a film that's trying to sort of break some of the rules in terms of what 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 it's trying to achieve in terms of its distribution. That I think it's mm. they've they've managed to pull that off quite well. You know, they've yeah. managed to crowdfund and get a, a, re- a really solid, you know, budget, good look to the film. Uh, again, they, you can see there's a lot of heart and soul and and that that they've they've thrown into it. I think it does have rewatch value, which is where it's sort of climbed up on my list, yeah. perhaps higher than some others. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, as we were saying earlier, so difficult to make it. I mean, there's films like Day Shift and stuff, which I think are equally as good and equally films that I would mm-hmm. go back to. But you, you kind of got to, you got to, you know, you've got pinch points somewhere, and you know, it's have, having to be selective. And I think Mad Heidi is just one that stands out just a little bit more. Um, definitely yeah. worth seeing uh, if you can. Hopefully, it will um, get a wider distribution, uh, mm. which I'm sure it is. I know, I'd, I know I'd love to pick plan. this up on, yeah, I'd love to pick up a Blu-ray for this. Yeah, they're doing like collectible discs that you can buy mm. from them, but I think eventually mm. it will turn up on like VOD platforms and hopefully, uh, you know, someone like, again, sort of someone like an Acorn, you know, if it did end up on Shudder, yeah. um, it would be good, possibly not, because, uh, but, you know, or, or Arrow would be a good home mm-hmm. for it. I think, you know, get, get an extras packed disc I think yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth seeing, and uh, it's um it's the film I've spent most to see this this mm-hmm. year, and I did not regret it. I mean, it's definitely a must see. Didn't it did live up to the expectation that yeah. I had I had for it, and uh, yeah, so that's why it's my number four. Absolutely, good stuff. Uh, number three for Steve. Um, Escape from Mogadishu. Yeah, good one. Um. Um, based on a true story, um, just so well put together. I mean, you've got 
the North and South Korea um, is it embassies. Embassies, that's the word I'm looking for, yeah. <laughs> and, and trying to get out of, obviously, we're going to see where these riots and Warsaw stuff going on. And Is it just, Rwanda or is it Somalia? Somalia. Somalia, yeah. Yeah, Somalia, yeah. And, you know, just trying to, just trying to, the tension of them trying to get escape and, you know, where they're bumping into, like, you know, freedom fires and rebels as they're trying to move from building to building. And the last 20 minutes, half an hour, where yeah. they basically, you know, cover the cars in books to try and get to the airfield and stuff like that. It, 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 I just thought that it was really moving, really powerful. And just, just grateful. I'm very, very surprised that it didn't get a wider cinema release or mm. more, more praise for for it. To be fair, I just thought it was really, really good. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's um, I, I love the ending as, as well. You mm. know, the the um. You know, they, they 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 built up this sort of camaraderie, so so they actually helped them go back to the north because because they know that you know the the the, the south guys would, would sort of like um, basically kidnap them, um, yeah. and and sort of force them to to sort of defect. Um, but yeah, no, really 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 solid film. Mm. And speaking of solid, uh, my number three is Solid Rock Trust. Now I feel a bit guilty about putting this on my list. Because I know neither of you have seen it yet. Um, hopefully, going to see it in the next week. Um, but it is a film that we have covered on the show. Uh, me and Will reviewed it, um, and it is just one of my favourite films of the year. Um, it basically, has it's it's, it's a one woman show, basically um, one woman in a warehouse orchestrating a a bank heist. She's got four people sort of working inside the bank to to pull it off and there's double crosses and all sorts going on um it works incredibly well um directed by a guy called rick ives who we're also going to have on the show um some point soon um he's he's got a history of working for marvel he's done a lot of editing on on their tv shows um and i think this is his first feature and i think he's done an awesome job so yeah that is uh, definitely very opinion. curious it definitely yeah. piqued my interest there <laughs> yeah and Rich, your number three. My number three is King Knight. Awesome. Uh, Richard Bates Jr.'s uh, film uh, starring Matthew Gray Gubler. I know um, this is one of Steve's favourites. Yeah. <laughs> if we'd have got, if we'd have done the top 10 worst, it would have been in there. But it, oh. mm. <laughs> Yeah, it was very divisive. I remember when we yeah. when we recorded it. Yeah, this just it took me by surprise. It's like a lot, like um, a bit like like dogs earlier, really, uh, but for different reasons. It's just or an ultrasound as well, for that matter. You know, just a film that is not what you think it's necessarily going to be. You don't really quite know what what you're getting in for, uh, but you got maybe some ideas. I thought this was going to be. I thought I'd react to it a bit more, like a bit like Steve has really, but for some yeah. reason I just really warmed to it. Um, yeah. And a bit like um, D 
dear Elizabeth. Uh, uh, you know, it's just kind of this character-driven, you know, indie comedy, basically, like quite mm. low budget. I mean, I think dear Elizabeth has a bit more budget. This one's a bit more on the indie side. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just loved it. I just loved all the, <laughs> the obno- not obnoxious, I don't know, the sort of pretentiousness, but the, the, yeah. there's a sort of, again, it's kind of warm hearted because there is a genuineness to the characters, although they're sort of lost it or sort of up themselves. <laughs> they're not, mm-hmm. they're not bad people. They're, they're kind of quite genuine, really. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's just, there's a little bit of, you know, cultural satire and stuff, but the, the there is some mocking, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't really talk down to those to those characters. It, it is there is a gentle mocking, but it kind of respects them at the same time. Uh, it's just yeah, I, I've really. It's kind of a bit like a, I don't know. Um, I've not so you reminded seen... me of Napoleon Dynamite. That kind of right. Okay, I was thinking I haven't really seen much, but maybe like a Taika Waititi kind of vibe mm. a little bit. Maybe yeah. it's probably something that people might recognise in the sort of quirkiness that you know that we've seen in the. I would that I would you know that I think of when like um, from the from the Marvel films that he's made. There's a sort of similar sort of sense of humour in some of it. I think um, I might be off base on that. That's just that's just what comes to mind. I think it's just a bit different to everything else I've seen this year, and I really liked it. And funnily enough, comedy stuff is actually featuring quite high in my list which is unusual because yeah. action i'm normally i'm more i'm you know very much an action kind of guy yeah. and my shorts were very action heavy and here there's not really a lot of action in my list although that will change so but, so uh, this but king was... knight is definitely not action driven at all yeah. so it's directed by a guy called richard bates jr and we've we've covered um i think me and dave wayne covered uh one of his earlier films called trash fire Mm-hmm. Um, which was very good, and, and all, another one I've seen of his called Suburban Gothic, which also has Matthew Bray Gubler in it, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely worth seeing. Um, Excision is another one of his which I've heard good things about, but I haven't actually seen this either. But yeah, he, he's he's a very sort of consistent, um, very very sort of witty scripts that that he puts together. Um, definitely, definitely a guy worth checking out. Mm. Cool. Okay, Steve, you're number two. Hunt. Punt. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm punting you. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> my number two then is Ultrasound, which uh, was on uh, Richard's list higher up. Um, as, as Richard's already alluded, you know, this is a film which, you know, even if you kind of knew what was happening going in, you're still going to be uh wrong-footed um it is a film that you you have no real idea what's going on for mm. a good chunk of the time but at the same time you're compelled to watch yes yeah, yeah, it's fascinating and absorbing. It's absolutely fascinating and, and as the as the layers are peeled back and you know and you're kind of seeing what's going on it's, it's really really interesting um you know it, there's there's nothing else out there like it uh, it, it's it's a little bit Cronenberg, you know. There's a little bit of that to it. I think you know it's a bit of video drone kind of thing going on, but um, yeah, it is brilliant. I absolutely love this. Uh, Rich, anything to add? No, I think um, it, it's it's one of those films. I think it's best to go in knowing as little as possible. Mm. Um, so I don't want to say anything that might 
give anything away but it's it, the cast is really good and uh there is uh uh yeah it's just it's really solidly directed very very slickly made uh director's uh rick schroeder it's based on it's mm. based on a graphic novel um which is a, quite an odd thing that the the graphic novel was called generous bosom which is unusual Weird. um <laughs> but uh which i guess sort of speaks to the the sort of quirkiness and the unusualness of what the what the story actually ultimately is it's it's not i thought you know given the title ultrasound mm. that it would be something um maybe like a, a pregnancy kind of story of yeah. know, pregnancy you know a typical what i'm saying with a pregnancy story like a typical pregnancy story of like mm. a thriller about a baby or you know or, or you know the who um a, a and that's kind of or, you know like when you when you see the initial 10 minutes as well yeah um, it could go that way. Could go that way. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, as I said, you know, you're suddenly going behind the scenes, as it were, and, and there's all this other stuff going on. It's like, okay, yeah. this, you know, it really does pique your interest. Yeah, it's excellent. I'm, I do. It's an again, it's another film that I can easily see myself going back and watching mm. again, um, knowing, you know, sort of an experience, maybe experiencing it in a different way, but I think still enjoying. Um, all the setup stuff and everything yeah it's it's really really good and i think a film that not many people perhaps heard of because it's very low-key release uh, yeah. as most dtv things are but the, uh, this was not a film that it's, was it's not it's like a samaritan where it's like a, a streaming sort of profiled yeah. film it, it's, a, it's a very um yeah. a very quiet vod could easily get lost in the crowd mm -hmm. um definitely worth um you know raising awareness of absolutely so rich what is your number two my number two is Gatlop, Hell of a Game. Love that film. Again, comedy. Uh, if for some reason it just, you know, I really warm to the characters and the situation. It's quite a low budget, but it works. It's, you know, works with its environment really well. It's like basically set in an apartment, it's all shot and really well. It's got kind of a sitcom y horror comedy kind of setup. Uh, uh, similar to a, a few other things that I've seen, but there's kind of a mm. the novelty board game sort of angle works re really nicely and very well. Um, uh, the, you know, the, they've when they made the uh, props, the props department did a really great mm. job with the actual board game itself uh, on top of everything else. Really, um, uh, it's got like a, it's a little bit of a, I mean, the, the concept is a bit Jumanji-ish and stuff, yeah. but it's not a big fantasy movie. It's, it's still very... Uh, uh, apartment based sort of uh, interactions and stuff. There's not a huge amount. There's a few, there's, of we get some flashbacks stuff. and things about yeah. things that had happened, you know, which yeah, yeah. That kind of sort of, you know, broke up the group as it were originally and things yes. like that. Yeah, it, it, it's really well done, really well. Yeah, done. really surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, on to the number ones. So, and again, well, I, I, I know what the riches is. But um, Steve, what is your number one? Um, it is Prey. Awesome. Um, yeah. The best Predator film since the first one. Um, just absolutely back to basics. Original. Decent. Great film, great performance from um, what's she called now? Amber Mid Thunder, and mm -hmm. um, she actually, you actually believe that this 
tiny girl could take down a predator, mm. you know, with the way she is. And it was just so good. And that was the thing. It wasn't too embellished. It was, it really was just stripped back to basics. The predators landed, needs stopping. And that was it. And just little touches as well. I mean, like, you know, obviously the technology wasn't as advanced because, you know, you've got like two, three hundred years in between. Mm. And even a little touch with the pistol at the end. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's, it's the same one from Predator 2. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's a nice thing. Yeah, just little things like that. But I mean, I know he's not done that much, Dan Tratzenberg, but what he has done, I've enjoyed. You know, like 10 Cloverfield Lane, he's done quite a few episodes of The Boys and stuff as well. And I just think he's really talented. And I can't wait to see what they do next. I mean, me and Josh were talking about this after it came out, like the hoping that the next one is, you know, saying like Jiro Japan. That's great. Yeah. You know, something like that, I think it worked really, really well. And, mm. you know, because... Yeah, as long as it isn't just another retread of this one, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. They need, they need to exactly. think about it. Yeah. But, you know, I went back and watched Predator 2, which actually mm. stood up. I enjoyed more than I thought I would, to be fair, mm. in that long since I've seen it. And, you know, The Predator was just <laughs> shite. I saw, I saw that on a plane once, and I, I, I thought it was okay, but I think by that point, my, my expectations were so low. And yeah. The, 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 the bit right at the end was, was dumb as hell, you know. I, I wish they'd just yeah. not had that. Apparently, no. originally, they were going to have a... Um, they, they wanted a cameo from Schwarzenegger right at the end, but it, it didn't work yeah. out. So they ended yeah. up with this weird, stupid, bloody CGI thing, which is rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, never mind. But, but I yeah. yeah, I totally agree with this. I absolutely love this film. And, Rich, what is your number one? It's the only film it could be. It's Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> In my view. Mm-hmm. Uh, very entertaining um, sequel. Uh, for yep. Scott Atkins, um, uh, I, 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 you know, go back and listen to the to the review to hear all the all the stuff that I loved about it because I, I, I raved on about it then. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really well, really, really well made, mm-hmm. uh, especially uh, coming from uh, inexperienced directors. You know, done who've done some fantastic short film work, um, mm-hmm. but they 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 you know. Put, They've smashed it, you know, basically uh, with their debut feature. Um, Scott Atkins is in the driving seat. You know, it's his movie, his project, his vehicle. He's, you know, at this really interesting point in his career where he's able to um, be himself more. And, you know, mm. that and that is actually paying off. And, you know, that is actually working. I think that's, that's the best part uh, now that he's, you know, he's actually bringing more of himself out. Uh, mm. Even though he, he can't maybe pull off some of the moves that he could 10, 15 years ago, he's still absolutely yeah. fantastic. He's still the best there yeah. he is um, with this stuff, and he can pull it off. 
and uh, the, the supporting cast is really good and the, the location is really interesting. It's got rewatch value, which is, I say, another really important thing. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, yeah unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see it when it had its limited uh, showings uh, from the Fighting Spirit team. The, um, but the mm. um, I watched it a couple of times uh, on uh, VOD and I really do hope it gets a DVD, a Blu-ray release, because mm, um, be cool. it's definitely one I'd love to have in my collection. Absolutely. Can't disagree with you there. So just to round off, my number one is... Uh, Steve's punt from earlier, and it is Hunt. Yep. This oh, is this was the other Korean one. I didn't, see. I didn't see other ones. I, I saw a couple of the Korean ones, but I missed a few yeah. of them. I? I mean, we we had we've had some good ones this year. So we we had um, a special delivery, which um, yeah, almost really like st stayed on my list. So I had uh, Escape from Mogadishu was um, uh, was on Steve's list, and, and Spirit mm. Walker, but but this thing here was just you know top tier basically yeah. um the the setup is this sort of, i'm pretty sure it's a sort of fictional scenario that they've come up with where it's basically a mole hunt within the um the sort of the, the korean sort of secret service that they've got two two branches one's like a cia kind of thing and the other's like internal internal security which is basically the gestapo <laughs> For, for for South Korea, you know, they do all the torture and stuff like that, torturous interrogations. But it's basically about a mole hunt. You know, they're aware there's a mole in the organization leaking secrets back to the north. Um, and there are some amazing set pieces in this one. You know, it, it, there's a shootout in a street which which rivals um, heat, you know, the, the, the shootout in the middle of heat. Um, it is absolutely brilliantly done. The, the, the way the music is used to um, amplify the action is is absolutely superb um it could have done with ending a scene earlier you know they, they, it's, mm. it's always the sort of thing where they you know they, they just push a bit further than the happy ending kind of thing you know what i mean it's like uh, um i, I mentioned this a lot is in um the princess bride when it um, when this, the author's talking about you know, um, when to, uh, a happy ending is only a happy ending because the author has chosen to end the story at that point. You know, it's like the hero manages to save the day, but, you know, yeah, but he's mortally wounded and the bad guys are right behind him kind of thing. You know, that, mm. that's, that's, that's the next chapter. <laughs> and, and, and you get a little bit of that here, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, if, if they could have ended it just a scene earlier, it would have been the perfect, probably a, a 10 out of 10. But as it was, I think this was a nine. Um, yeah. One of the very few nines we've given out. Um, Steve, anything to add on this one? Uh, no. Um, apparently, um, it was... I can never pronounce, I can't pronounce his name. Mm. I'm going again. It was his director's debut. That's right. Um, yeah, it was the guy from Squid Game, wasn't it? Guy from Squid Game, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lee Jung, oh, I think. Um but yeah, I just thought for a debut, mm. looked and moved absolutely stunningly. Um, fantastic, the well done. Uh, and he's great in in the film as well. Great performance. Yeah, um, yeah like I said, I think the ending gets a little bit messy. Um, you know, from both sides, you don't know who's 
yeah, covering. It, it could have just like are. ended and it would have been really yeah. ambiguous, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but apart from that, yeah, stunning. Absolutely yeah. great film. Really enjoyed it, it. It's it's one of the few films which knows how to place the camera, you know, how, how to do shaky cam properly sort of thing, you know. Yeah, it, it, yeah. In that um, they're able to put the viewer in the middle of the action but without being, Not you know, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely superb. Um, yeah, so that is our top ten. Um, we shall put some stuff in the in the footnotes about this as well. Um, but overall, it's been an exemplary year, I think, as you can tell. Um, just one last thing, guys: is there anything you can think of that we didn't cover that you would have liked to? You know, anything which sort of slipped through our fingers? Um, no, I can't really think of it. The only one I'm thinking is the one we're doing next week. The um, red. The, 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 the. What's it called? Come on, Mike, help me out. I don't know what we're doing next week. <laughs> the one we're talking to the director of it. Oh, Red Rock West. Uh, sorry, Red Solid Rock, Rock West, Solid it. Solid Rock West. Yes, Solid Rock, Rock Trust. Trust. Solid Rock Trust. <laughs> <laughs> okay, actually, I do keep thinking of Red Rock West when, 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 yeah. when I'd say the name, but yeah, no. Um, yeah. Solid Rock. Solid Rock Trust. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, it'd be really interesting to see what you guys make of that. Um, yeah, the only one for me is is one which well, it's two. One is um, the Burning Sea um, retreat. We're talking about um, before the show, um, but um, mm. another one which has just popped up on um, Netflix recently called The Big Four, which is um, directed by T- Timo um, Chihanto, who, who did oh, The yes. Night Comes for Us, and, mm. and it is a really good um, solid action movie. Um, it's it's a it's a lot lighter than. The night comes for us, um, but it's still really violent. Apparently, this is what um, you know. Netflix asked him to do a more sort of family-friendly film, and this <laughs> is what he came up with, and it's absolutely crazy. Um, really, really good film. Um, it unfortunately, it came out in December, and we'd already recorded our last show before um, it, it, it turned up. So maybe it'll feature um, in, in a Netflix roundup in the future. Mm. So I've got one, uh, well, I've got a, a few I want to mention, but the, the main one uh, is uh, Vengeance 2 Bloodlines, which is a, a, a Friday the 13th fan film. The first right. one was called Friday the 13th Vengeance, which I've been really looking forward to. It's what it, The first film was really excellent, probably the best fan film that I've seen in terms of a film that looks and plays like a properly you know released you know studio mm. backed film mm-hmm. um with a really you know impressive cast and stuff and and this continues that uh it's a um a film which the, the idea behind these films is that they follow uh, friday the 13th part six so they they take it in and take, they take that film as the jumping off point mm-hmm. of uh, developing themes and stuff that were established there this is quite common in Friday the 13th films is that, that there's so many different interpretations and stuff that the different fan films go in different directions. And in this one, it's the sort of zombie Jason thing and, and, and some other 
some of the, say some of the themes that were introduced. The the film is too long, but it's it's um, it's a film I was really hoping that we uh, it's it's really good. It's got some really great mm. kills, fantastic kills and stuff, as the first one did. And I was just really disappointed that it just was just something just we just couldn't fit it in yeah. uh, uh, to uh, to cover. Um, I hope that we'll be able to look at, look at it uh, perhaps in the future. There's so many Friday the Thirteenth fan films out there. Uh, there were like a, uh, there was like three, four. I think it was like four uh, long ones. There was all the short ones as well released in 2022 alone. Uh, so and uh, <clears throat> I think um, Mike, you've seen one or two like uh, Never Hike. Mm-hmm. Uh, never hike alone and stuff that so yeah. did, there's another one of those coming up i think in the future so hopefully a little bit of a friday the 13th thing going on um if you don't mind me mentioning just a couple of other things i'm a bit uh, gutted that we didn't get to cover was um uh, there's a film i found on uh shudder called scare package and funnily enough they they released the sequel to that scare package to rad chad's revenge j- just around christmas time so I saw both of them last year and I thought they were, they were really good. Um, they're like anthology kind of short film kind of story movies. Um, but there's the, what's interesting with those is the kind of wraparound is actually the best part. Whereas sometimes the wraparounds mm-hmm. are a bit rubbish. And in this one, the, the wraparounds are really good um, and actually quite substantial. So they make up a, and the other one, there was another fan film, uh, called Puppet Master Revival, which I thought would have been quite interesting to discuss. Uh, and one of the big ones that I'm really, I, I'm really, really gutted that we didn't get a chance to talk about uh, was Chippendale Rescue Rangers <sighs> on Disney mm. Plus, because it's just phenomenal. <laughs> okay, I'll have to check that one out. Uh, yeah, I have heard good things. The other, the other one, uh, there was one recently, um, which I just didn't get a chance to see, even though I had the screener for it, and that was... Um, Something in the Dirt, which is by the guys who did uh, Spring and um, oh, what was the other one they did? Yeah, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Oh, it is. I was wondering if it was the Benson. Oh, Moorhead. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, The Endless was one they did, mm, uh, yep. which, which we covered on the show. Uh, Archive 81 was the series. Did, did you ever see that one? No. Absolutely superb uh, series. I started in, it. That that was really good. Uh, Synchronic was one we we covered on this show yes, as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That that was that was pretty clever. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I just never got around to seeing it. Even though you know they sent the screener through, I just didn't get a chance, so we never got really covered it. But anyway, it's been a cracker year. I think you can all agree, um, and we're certainly looking forward to. Uh, what 2023 has to offer and uh, has in store for us. Um, to be honest, I've already watched one and a half films for our next show, and I'm already impressed with, with what's coming up. Um, so I hope you enjoyed listening. Let us know what your top tens were for the year, or, or even your bottom fives, um, and uh, tune in to the next episode. Listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.